with Steve Allen. Well, Jason King used to wear one of these things. It wasn't a cravat, you know, not like you would see a cravat for a, for a wedding or something like that. And it was literally a piece of multicoloured, you know, thing that went round your neck with a little silver or gold ring, and then you slid it up to the top. And if you look at all the pictures of Jason King, uh, it's not a woggle, stupid woman. It's not a blooming woggle. That's for the scouts. It's nothing to do with a woggle. God, there was scouts had that. That was completely different. This was a fashion accessory that was worn in the 70s, and everybody had it. You look at... I'll show you what it is. I'll find the blooming picture. I'll show you. Start on me this morning, the blooming woggle and everything else. Not a woggle. I suppose people would be phoning up, like, it's a woggle. It's a woggle. It's not a woggle. It really isn't. Anyway, luckily, London's fairly quiet in, in Leicester Square this morning, which is, uh, which is good news. Piccadilly Circus, the usual dump. Dumping ground, I think, by the look of it. It's dreadful this morning, it really is. There's no, they've closed off one of the streets, you can't go anywhere. And three mornings running, and I knew I was going to mention it yesterday, and I completely forgot, I'm so sorry. Um, i just type in this on... Uh, Jason King, there you go, there, and images, and there you go, that thing there. That thing there, you see? And he wore, wore a lot of them. I didn't have a tash, no. I didn't have a tash, but uh, Peter Wingard used to have these things. Where did I find another picture of him wearing it? Everybody had them. They were just, it was called fashion. You wouldn't understand. You know, you're not a fashionable person. But we all had them, and they were like this, and it was like a, a scarf thing. That was sort of tied round in a sort of sort of thing. But a lot of people just had the ring, which you slid up there. And, uh, and it's, I don't know why I had one. I had, everybody had one. It was, you bought them all over the place. They, they were called fashion. It was called fashion. Anyway, so I drive past this morning, and every morning I drive past the Natural History Museum, and every morning their lights, they are a-blazing. No, that's a, that's a lariat. That's called a lariat, I think you'll find. That's a cowboy tie. Not at all like the thing I'm talking about. That's what cowboys wear, you know, which is not at all the same as a woggle. OK, lots of different things you tie around your neck. The ne- next one you're going to show me is called a noose. OK, that's for hanging people. OK, and that goes differently. So don't, don't bother typing anything else. It'll just be wasting my time and yours. So I go past the Natural History Museum and the lights, they are ablazing every night in the offices as well. And I'm thinking, are the people working or are they just determined to waste money? Because all the other museums, the lights are off. But at the Natural History Museum, they appear to be on in the main hall. The offices to the, uh, to the left-hand side appear to be on as well. No, well, they, they don't. Not at three o'clock in the morning, they're not doing an event. Not in the offices, unless they're having an event in the office. Perhaps the cleaners are having a bit of a knees up, putting on their cravats and their woggles. You know, perhaps they're up there for a little bit of nookie, I think. There are some, uh, there are some people, actually, in, uh, in the paper today who've been exposed. They're people who are supposed to be looking after the elderly, and they're asleep on their night shift, so the elderly can just go hang themselves, because nobody quite clearly cares about them. Um, then you've got the pictures from, uh, from Ascot yesterday, and it's really naff, as usual. It's the same thing. It's full of chavs. Gary Lineker and his chavvy wife. And then a picture of um, Princess Eugenie in, the, in front of the Queen. I'm sorry, darling, who do you think you are? Apart from one half of the ugly sisters. You know, I mean, I think Cinderella was based not on you two, but you're the ugly sisters that Cinderella has to cl- clean for. Because by the time you're there with your mother, luckily she wasn't there, but the Queen is there, and Eugenie, who's, I mean, neither of them are blessed with looks. God knows it's a whole family of unattractive people. And she's waving in front of the Queen. And you th- the Queen's sort of looking slightly bemused. You think, listen, stop trying to hog the limelight. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares about you. Ascot. Oh, the most boring thing under the sun. It really is. It was full of just the most amazing chavs yesterday. Because that's the sort of people that go. And then you look at the pictures in the paper and you think, well, was there anybody of any note there? Were there any sort of real classy people at Ascot? Well, apart from the Queen. 
And apart from the Queen and Prince Charles, who just looks slightly uncomfortable, where grey's not his colour, I've decided. Um, and so we've got... Who we got a picture of? Here's, here's Gary Lineker. <laughs> Lucky he didn't take his naff son. He'd have gone to any... He'd have gone to the opening of a fridge, his son. Little George. Still desperately trying to find girls. Um, Tracy Rose, wearing a very silly hat. Rebecca Johnson, looking even stupider. And somebody called Melanie Marr. I don't know where these people cut catalogues, I suppose. Never seen anything so stupid. Um, Annika Svenska, no idea. Jackie Sinclair apparently was an ex-girlfriend of uh, Simon Cowell. And then um, Catherine Jenkins, always looks stunning. Uh, Gary Lineker, as I say, with uh, Danielle. Danielle. Oh, no, look, look, Eamon and Ruth Holmes. Oh, how sweet, honestly. They pitched up to that. Isn't that lovely? Try and find a hat that fits next, Eamon, OK? It does look a bit... I know it's difficult to find them in your size. I know we're not six and seven-eighths anymore, but, I mean, at least try, for goodness sake. Uh, and then there is uh, Liberace's ex-lover, Scott Thorson, who has said that he had a six-year gay fling with Michael Jackson. Well, you can say anything. Michael Jackson is not here to defend himself. Uh, Scott Thorson is a drug addict. He's been in prison... He thieves. He sold his story. It's his story that's behind the candelabra. That's the Liberace story. Uh, he was just a cheap old rent boy. And, uh, and then he hung around with Michael Jackson. He said he wasn't a child molester. He said he only paid Geordie Chandler just to, just to make sure it went away. But, of course, it didn't. Because by the very fact that he paid Geordie Chandler, it almost implied that something had gone on. And Geordie Chandler, of course, you remember, featured on the on the behind-the-scenes thing that Michael Jackson did, where he showed you around the house, and at one point there's two boys sitting in a bedroom. We're going, hello, who are they? This is Geordie Chandler, and, uh, and then Geordie Chandler's family learned how to sort of milk the system, and they got money out of him. Unfortunately, it didn't keep it quiet. It just, just made it worse, I'm afraid. Uh, tragic Jade Goody would be horrified by the race storm in this year's Big Brother, so says her mother. Uh, why would she be horrified? She was a racist. She made racist comments to Shilpa Shetty. She had to go and eat humble pie, I'm afraid, over in India. She was, uh, unfortunately, Jade was just a bit too thick to realise when she was being racist. There was her, Joe O'Meara, and the other one was married to a footballer. And she sort of changed her name now to try and get away from the racist allegations. But uh, all there, her mum said the same kind of clash ruined her life. I don't think that ruined her life at all, actually. I mean, put it this way, didn't help. Didn't help, I'm afraid. Um, Newcastle United's new boss, Joe Kinnear, was a laughing stock last night after calling star mid midfielder Johan Kabaye Johan Kebab. You see, that's that they say now. Um, Kinnear confirmed yesterday as the club's director of football dropped a series of clangers in a radio interview. Uh, the 66 year old boss also talked about toon striker Shola Amanadobi instead of Amiobi and Hatem Ben Afro instead of. Hayton Ben Arthur. To be honest with you, I don't know any of these people I was talking about, so it doesn't make any difference at all to me. He's, I mean, he's old, isn't he? He can't help it. He's, he's a bit old. Uh, Furious fans accused Rhiannon uh, of being on drugs after she was two hours late for a chaotic gig. She's had the most awful gigs. Rhiannon. Is it Rhiannon? Rihanna? Rihanna. Well, I can call her what I like. I went to the bloody gigs. Not my fault. Anyway, she wasn't very good at Twickenham, and I know that. I didn't go but I know because a friend of mine, his girlfriend's house, backs onto the stadium. He said, you can hear everything. We heard Dave Greta. Uh, he, was, uh, he was doing a set there, and it was very funny. Uh, just, uh, but he doesn't need to do anything. He just pushes a button on a computer, a bit like the Pet Shop Boys. And, uh, and then uh, Rhiannon was late. She was late coming on stage, but at 10.30, she finished. On the dot. 
And the reason is the council say you can only go to 10.30. So if she's half an hour late, that's half an hour's less worth of, uh, less music. I think she was late when she was in Cardiff, and the review she got was terrible. She's apparently not much cop. In fact, she was only good when they were doing the instrumentals. Wasn't much cop at the other thing. But she was two hours late for a gig in Birmingham. She'd been partying into the early hours with the wild child, Cara Delevingne. One fan fume, 60 quid a ticket, and Rihanna turns up late. And uh, it's, it's not good enough. It's called unprofessional. Rihanna, you're unprofessional. I'll tell you what, go back to America. Blooming well stay there and don't ever come back again. You were rubbish. Rubbish. OK? Really not good. Really, really not good. You know, if you can't even be bothered to commit to the fans who've coughed up 60 quid a ticket, you're a bigger disgrace than we thought you were. Awful woman. Awful woman. So there you go. And everybody said the same. The reviews have not been good. Sloppy, lazy, dreadful. Talking of sloppy, lazy and dreadful, you have to laugh, don't you, in the paper today. It just, you know, there, there is ditzy and then there is really stupid. Helen Flanagan. They must sit down trying to think up stories that the stupid one can sort of talk about. And so she tweets at six minutes past eight. My boyfriend's way, I'm all alone in the house. Ten to twelve, the house is ransacked by three burglars. I mean, I laugh like a drain. I'm ever so sorry. You know, it can only happen to Helen's stupid Flanagan. You know, why would you tweet, I'm all alone? Unless you're particularly stupid. You know, I'm, you never, ever tweet. It's like saying, here I am, this is my address, I'm all alone and I'm not wearing any clothes. You know, it's a stupid. So she gets, and then, of course, she's managed to turn it into, oh, who are we going to All they did, they break into the house, right? They lock her up in a room with a friend and they ransack the house. I thought they were going to kill me. I thought they were going to kill me. Drama queen, honestly, I've never anything like it. It's your own bloody fault, dear, isn't it? You're as stupid as a brick. It's not your fault. You can't help being dumb. It probably runs in the family. I don't know. You know, you've got to get it from somewhere. I mean, you can't, you don't go to school and come out that dimmed. Oh, I don't know, Joey Essex seems to manage it. Sam Fahir seems to manage it. In fact, 90% of the spotty cast in uh, The Only Way is Essex seem to manage it. How can you be that dim? How can you be that stupid? It, it beggars, it's like people getting into these petty cabs, these petty, petty things outside here. You know, three hooray Henrys. And you think, you know, I'm willing you to have an accident. I don't know why we can't get them off the streets of London. Drives me mad. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Mark in Liverpool says, I remember Jason King. He was a cool dude. Well, in fact, yes, he was. He, had, he, was, he was part of one programme and then they gave him the spin-off himself. His selection of cravats was amazing. They just seemed to go with flyaway collars and big flares. Yes. They did, actually. They did. They, they, they went very, very well. Uh, 84850, steve at Mick in Plymouth says, uh, My business advisor is a wonderful person called Stephanie, who said she once worked with you many years ago as a researcher. Do you have any fond memories? Couldn't stand the woman. Couldn't stand her. As far as I was concerned, we should have taken her out into the motorway and run her over. Worst person I've ever worked with in the entire... I've got no idea who she was. No idea. Quarter past four. This is LBC Breakfast. Back this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, 18 minutes past four. I cannot stand that programme, the call centre. You might think it's absolutely hilarious. Cold calling pensioners, I'm afraid, is one of the most despicable things you can ever see. Nev, the biggest buffoon on the television, I'm afraid, and some of those, God knows what they are in his comment. Anyway, two companies run by the boss, dubbed Britain's real-life David Brent, have now been fined 225,000 quid. 2,700 complaints went into the call centre. And uh, it's, you know, trust the BBC to pick some dodgy company like that. 
typical of the BBC, wasting your money. Luckily, it's tucked away on sort of BBC 750 or whatever it's called now. Biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen. Um, men who lose sleep through stress could be at risk of diabetes. I told you about that the other day, actually. I did say that it's uh, it's a bit... Oh, dear, sorry. Um, look at pictures in the paper today. You'll see them later on of the new craze in Florida, which is where dogs are dressed up and spray-painted to look like famous characters. And so they've got uh, a dog dressed up as Pinocchio, uh, one dressed up here as Luke Skywalker from the film Star Paws, and another dog dressed up as K-9, one that's got uh, a lion, a zebra and a giraffe. These people should be taken out and shot. Taken out and shot, I'm afraid. I never understand anybody who would spray-paint a dog. There was some barking mad woman down in Essex who spray-painted all these dogs different colours. How imbe- If you're a dog, don't you think dogs have got no feelings? They go out there and other dogs go, what the hell are you? And they go, I'm pink. They go, you look puffy. All right? Go home. You're an embarrassment to dogs everywhere. And this woman, this, I can only describe, I'm not even sure she was a woman, actually. But, I mean, watching anybody that's spray-painted, she's oh, they look so pretty. I thought, why is it people who claim to be animal lovers are the ones who abuse animals the most? We've had, we've had judges, haven't we, from Crufts. Did you see that woman in the, in the paper the other day? No, she wasn't. She was on television. She was in Australia. The neighbours complained about, about the, uh, the smell from the house. But that's typical in Australian houses. They're all like that anyway. Australians just smell. They can't help it. You've only, you've only got to come down here and go into some of the Australian clubs. Poo, when you walk in. Poo, ladies and gentlemen. And they're all wearing shorts and uh, flip-flops and very loose. That's just the women. The women, they're so Amazonian, the women in Australia. I mean, they seriously make the women of Hounslow look almost feminine. It's difficult, I realise, if you've been to Hounslow recently, or Birmingham, or Reading. There's a place. It's where they've started trawling for the Jeremy Kyle show. Anyway, so they, the neighbours complain, and they phone up the RSPCA. And, it, and, and the RSPCA in Australia are the same as the RSPCA here. If there's a camera crew, they'll be there immediately. If there's no, if there's no camera crew, they, they can't really be that bothered. So they go out, and woof, 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 and they hear some dogs. They open up the, the, uh, the yard. There's a hundred dogs in the yard, a hundred dogs. They are interbreeding, and it's it's just the most horrendous thing they've ever seen. Some of the dogs are in a terrible state. You know, these people claim to be animal lovers. They're generally they've got some mental illness. It's like people who feed pigeons, they've got a mental illness. It's not their fault. They're a bit stupid, and so they go in there and they say to us, well, "We take it away. You can't take away my animals." I saw some woman on the terrace the other day, I don't know what she was, but she was living in a caravan on this sort of little farm type of site. I think there was a family, and they abused horses. That's what they did. The family abused horses. So they came to take them away, and they said, well, come back tomorrow to collect. The time I got back tomorrow, the family had moved them elsewhere. Oh, I don't know where they've gone. Lying old bags. Anyway, so they go to this house in Australia. They take half these dogs away, and they open up the kitchen door. There's another 40 dogs inside the house. They're breeding among themselves. They're they're, I mean, there's no food, so they're eating their own, you know, and it was, it's just absolutely awful, so, so they say, we're coming back tomorrow to take these dogs away, so the woman goes, yeah, all right, anyway, they go back tomorrow, she's skipped, she's disappeared, the woman, leaving these poor dogs all alone in the house, in the end, about 140 dogs had to be rescued, now, you remember when we used to talk to Cyprus, on the programme, Nathan Morley. He was a member of an organisation that went... Because all the Brits who go out to Cyprus, um, they, uh, they, they rent a house, or they sort of think they're moving there permanently. They buy a dog, 
And then when they, when they leave to come back to England, they leave the dog. Nathan used to have to go round. He told us on numerous occasions because people had just abandoned a dog. Just like that. What sort of sickos are they? Well, I mentioned yesterday, didn't I? Those people who went into a farm and they cut the ears off a little lamb who was three weeks old. So that, I mean, it didn't die, but uh, they, they've bandaged it all up again. And, and you think to yourself, what sort of people would do that? What sort of people would do it? I mean, I just can't, I can't get my head around the mentality side of it. But then we seem to encourage stupidity in this country, don't we? I did laugh the other day. Three little motorcyclists, little girls, on motorcycles, decided to ram-raid the Apple store in Regent Street. Well, of course, the glass is about five feet thick in there. It's so toughened. I mean, you could stand there chiselling away for years and not get in. So they try and ram it, thinking they can get away with all these iPads, and they couldn't. What they didn't bank on, though, was the police helicopter being up in about ten minutes. And so the police, because, you know, if, if you're riding along in the road, you're like, la, 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 you don't realise that the helicopter that you can't see can track you with infrared. They can see you as clear as day. They've already arrested two of them at their house. They apologised to the neighbours. I think it was in Tufnell Park or wherever it was. And they said, I'm terribly sorry for the noise, but we have got two people. They must have been sitting there going, oh, well, we didn't get that. We'll do another, we'll do another ram raid tomorrow. But, of course, then there comes a knock on the door. Hello, we're the police. We've come to arrest you and hang you. You know, that would be easy, wouldn't it? And so, so they've got two of them, so the rest will be following very shortly. God, I bet they're having a bad day today. We, of course, are having a brilliant day. Having an absolutely brilliant day. Once we've found out... Oh, did you know that one in five Brits have no savings, but just 3% have income protection in case they have to stop work? Nobody's got any savings. Isn't that funny? I've got savings. Got a little bit, you know. Few million pound put aside, hundred and twenty-two. Don't want to talk about it too much this morning because it's embarrassing. If you bought a ticket, and you didn't win anything. You know, I was sort of mentioned that. Uh, there's an interview with uh, Telly Funny Man, and this is David Walliams. I think he's creepy. I don't think he's funny at all. I think he's really. Uh, I think he looks like he's been knocked on the head or something. He's very odd, very strange. David Cameron asked me not to flick his hair like Sebastian, so of course I did. Oh dear, we're dwelling in the past now, are we? That's a bit of a shame. Television's funny, man. No, I mean, I, I didn't think he was funny. He was funny. He was. I can't remember what year it was that he was, he was funny. There was a year, I do remember distinctly. But it, it's certainly not on Britain's Got Talent. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the good news confirmed uh, on this programme. Oh, more than a year ago. Probably, well, maybe six, six months ago. Uh, and this is the fact that they're bringing back birds of a feather. Which is, uh, which is very good. I'm very pleased about that. They're bringing back birds of a feather. I always liked it. And it's going to come back. The, uh, pardon me, the cast have signed for a new series. So Pauline Quirk, Linda Robson and Leslie Joseph. And it will be written by the show's creators, Lawrence Marks and Morris Gran. And, oh, it's ITV. Oh, so ITV of tech. Well, it was BBC before, wasn't it? Was it? B- yeah. So it's moved over. Uh, apparently, The Sun reported... Uh, that the pair approached the BBC with the idea of revisiting the hit comedy, but bosses at the corporation wanted to only make a Christmas special. Stupid people. How dumb do you have to be? How dumb do you have to be? Oh, and Tesco's have banned scantily clad women. It's mainly, and and I don't want to, you know, indicate that I'm anti-Welsh or anything like that, but it's it's mainly fat birds in Wales who go in in their pyjamas to the supermarket. We've seen pictures of them. They probably do it around your area. I personally have never seen it. Luckily, oh, I tell you what, we were very delighted with, the onesie has now dropped out of fashion. And uh, people seem wearing it, you know, people generally point and laugh at them. The only person who's still got his, of course, is Josephine Essex 
from the Only Wears Essex, and he wears his out at every opportunity, and I'm afraid it's, uh, it's just... they're just naff. It was, it was trying to make people look stupid, I'm afraid. And the good news is that um, Bracknell is now the UFO capital of the world. Uh, a UFO expert says the picture is among the best he's ever seen. It's a pair of mysterious, fast-moving discs of light. Steve Lambert, 42, was making a phone call outside the town's Running Horse pub when he spotted the UFOs at 8pm on Friday. He said, I was drinking with my girlfriend and her son. I went outside to make a phone call and, uh, and there were these two lights in the sky. So he's taken a picture of two lights in the sky. So that's lovely. So that apparently is a UFO. And it's brilliant. And he's, he's asking other people in Bracknell to get in contact if they've seen anything. Well, as Bracknell practically the drug capital of the South, ladies and gentlemen, I should imagine they've all seen them. Amazing, isn't it? Just one person sees them and he's outside a pub. Get the drift? Outside a pub. Oh, look. Lights in the sky. Lights in the sky. Focus. Right. Take a picture. And a, and a UFO expert. I love the UFO experts uh, who, who say it's uh, among the best he's ever seen. It's two lights in the sky, ladies and gentlemen, and that's the best he's ever seen. What a dull, unexciting life he's had. I love UFO people. It's like the crop circle people. They're all barking mad. Absolutely stark, staring mad. No such thing as little flying saucers. No such thing as little green men. No such thing as crop circles. It's students with a piece of rope. You know, you have to explain, and I go, I oh, don't think so. I think you'll find it is, in fact, a spacecraft coming down and creating these unusual designs in the corn. Yeah, it's funny, nobody ever sees this spacecraft, which must be the size of New England. It sort of comes down and makes this, and nobody sees anything at all. It just magically appears overnight. Perhaps they're doing it via remote control. I love them. We had a couple of barking mad ones that used to send me in DVDs of crop circles, and I used to go, students, students, I've got a friend who's a student, they, they all go and drink in the pub, which is within the radius of these. They're all within the same radius. And then they, they just mark it all out on graph paper. It's so simple. But for the uneducated who want to believe in E.T. and stuff like that, they, they buy into that old drivel. They go, it really is a crop circle. That's from people visiting us from another planet and they're trying to send a message. Why don't they just land and get out and say hello? You know, if, if they're that sophisticated, surely they must have learned to speak English by now. 84850, steve at Oh, we've got a gadget giveaway for you this morning in about 15 minutes' time. I shall tell you the marvellous item that we have for you. The marvel, And it really is a really, really good one for you today. So details come out, and we'll tell you who the lucky winner was from yet. They know who they are. But today we get to share their name with the entire world. Uh, there's more... I think uh, from Ascot later on today, so there'll be more chavs down there. It's a shame, isn't it, how they sort of take over some of these events. But I heard a really funny story, which I can't repeat because, uh, because I could probably get into trouble. It was a really funny story the other day. Anyway, uh, it's 4.30. Steve Allen. Morning, Wednesday morning in London town. Oh, it's getting... Do you know, I thought it was muggy yesterday. I really thought, and I don't function in the, as you know, I don't function full stop in the heat, the cold, anything at all. But it doesn't, I don't get, I can go out on a, free, on a, on a, on a fairly cold day just wearing a shirt because uh, not having a thyroid that's working, I can't control my heat at all. So as far as I'm concerned, it's hot most of the, most of the time, I'm afraid. It's all a bit disastrous. Uh, but anyway... Uh, all going very well, all going very well. Today's going to be a little bit muggy, which is not great, not great. Um, oh, lovely. Oh, we got, um, oh, when's that? Oh, that's next week, isn't it? I was just looking, we've got Bradley Walsh coming in to, um, to have a chat. We had Bradley Walsh a while ago. Turns out he's a listener. As, we, as you would do, wouldn't you, in the business. And then this 
uh, Thursday. Tomorrow, in fact, we've got uh, Steve Carell, which will be very nice. I'm very much looking forward to that one. I think everybody's doing it. The time he gets to me, he's going to be exhausted, so I've got to think of a new way of doing the interview. I always have to think of a way round it, because when you're doing a lot... Most of the other people do 10-minute interviews for their programme, but I have to do 25 minutes for In Conversation. So I have to butter them up. So I always name-drop. I tend to find, if, if you name-drop to Americans, it works really well, because the Americans are good at name-dropping. It's only the Brits that go, oh, dear, will you stop name-dropping? But the Americans love it. So I'm going to throw in immediately, the first thing is I'm going to say, do you know, Dustin Hoffman sat in that very same seat as you. That's going to be my opening line. And immediately that puts it into context, because he'll then be thinking, well, if Dustin Hoffman came in to talk to this guy, it's got to be OK. And, and, I'm, and, and I was going to say, and Billy Crystal, well, he had us wetting ourselves. So I've, I'll, I'll have put in two big names very quickly. And that, because somebody said to me, what's the art of an interview? And I said, the art of an interview is to get them to like you immediately. They have to like you really quickly, because if they don't like you then you're kind of going, no, you're on a hiding to nothing, I'm afraid. So if I chuck in Dustin Hoffman and Billy Crystal, I shall do this before we start the interview. So if, if the interview goes really, really well, it'll be because I've chucked in the big names. There's no point in putting in, you know, I interviewed sort of Grant Bovey and Anthea Turner because that's not going to win any brownie points at all. Well, especially not Grant Bovey, a failure in every department. And Anthea Turner doesn't exactly rate high. You know, it's no good saying, oh, by the way, I talked to Paul Daniels the other week. It's not going to work. But Dustin Hoffman and Billy Crystal are going to work really well. And I'm trying to think about it. And I could also, I sometimes, if I'm really desperate, if, if, if I'm really struggling with it, I'll chuck in Julie Andrews. I chuck in Julie. We were flown out to talk to Julie Andrews. We're that important. Because I like things like that. I'm looking forward to talking to him. He should be good. But sometimes, if, if they're a bit tired, you know, the Americans fly in. They really work them hard. So it, it should be good. should be very, very good. Uh, 84850. Um... Uh, it was Gavin Arviso in the 2005 case that was the boy who was filmed with Michael Jackson, the Martin Mashir documentary, uh, in the rebuttal footage. Uh, yes, I mean, Martin Bashir made his name, didn't he, doing the Michael Jackson exposure. He was quite clearly just looking to, to sort of prey on his weaknesses and everything else. Um, in 93, Geordie Chandler's father couldn't produce enough evidence for a criminal trial. The money was paid by Michael Jackson's insurance carrier to avoid a civil trial. It was something like 30 million, wasn't it? It was something like 30 million. But the, the, but the big question that we all thought at the time, or the one that I thought was the most interesting, was that if you thought that your son was being abused by somebody, why would you let it carry on? Would you not have said something beforehand? Very peculiar family. Very peculiar. Uh, Dan's up this morning. He says, uh, UFOs in Bracknell. And all the balmy people are on drugs in Bracknell, seeing them. <laughs> Sad face. I'm oh, sorry, I've forgotten you've moved to Bracknell. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, he says, I can confirm... Oh, so, so Nick in Ascot says, I can confirm your opinion on Bracknell. Tis indeed a druggy haven. Wouldn't surprise me if they had unicorn and Care Bear sightings as well. well I don't know. Poor old Dan's moved there. Oh, I don't know, honestly. It's always somebody, isn't there? <laughs> Never mind, Dan. Never mind. But it is true. It's, you know, people sort of... They, they want to believe in UFOs. I, I mean... You know, it's like believing in the tooth fairy. It's like when, if you've got any young children, put their hand over their ears. It's like, you know, for years, the parents tell you about Father Christmas. And then, and then you get to an age, you go, oh, Father Christmas, isn't it? It's your parents. You know, I have to do that once, because I remember saying that on the programme. And someone always said, my son was just listening and burst into tears. You think, oh, grow up, for goodness sake. It's like ruining the end of a soap opera, isn't it? But why do we do that? Why do we tell fibs? Is it because we want, we want to believe in something? Is it because you want to believe in UFOs? Is it because you want to believe in little E.T. phone home? Is it because you want to believe in that kind of stuff? Elliot, phone home. E.T., E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. 
People want to believe in that kind of thing. Whereas, in fact, you know, how E.T. ever learned to speak English, God, and he had a speak and spell, but that wasn't exactly the best thing he could have had, was it? Could have had loads of other things. And so they're assuming that all these, all these people come from other worlds because apparently it's space, the final frontier. It's all out there, isn't it? It's as far as you... And so they've flown all the way there and they haven't learned to speak English at all and yet they can make these lovely geometric figures in, in corn. They don't do it in anything else. They, don't, they only do it in corn and they only do it at a certain time of the year. You would think if these, you know, could they not? I mean, I've often said, listen, if there are any people listening in other planets, that, that means something to them. And what it means is come and land in Leicester Square and come in on this programme. I'll tell you, what, I'll turn the whole programme over to you. Come and tell us about your world and I'll tell you about my world. OK, which is lollipops and pink ice cream and elephants and, and exciting things like that. You know, and you tell me, you know, the truth about the crop circles. We know it's students, but people are trying to pin it on you. I think you should take these people to court. As far as I'm concerned, that's defamation of character. They're not allowed to say that. You're from another planet. You're listening to this. They're probably all sitting there now. They've all got huge, big, bulbous heads and big eyes. It's like working in this building. And it's uh, and probably long, flowing gowns. That's also a bit like this building. And they're all standing there. Going, oh, listen, Steve Allen. Steve Allen, listen, Steve Allen. Steve Allen, Steve Allen, go home. Steve Allen, go home. And they're all there. And I love things like that, but I don't believe in it. I don't believe in ghosts, but I've always wanted to buy a really old house and have a ghost walk in. But I'm not sure if I'd be frightened... Or if I go, hello, and then dive under the duvet. You know, if, if people start walking through walls, and we've all had nights where we've had enough to drink where you, you imagine you can, don't you? And, you and, 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 and I've heard people say it. And people, people seem to be quite serious about ghosts. And then you get those people who are ghost hunters, mainly ex-Blue Peter presenters who looked on a way of sort of tapping money out of the public. You know, ooh, Yvette Fielding's ghost hunters, barking mad, barking mad. And so they say, oh, yes, I feel a presence here. I thought, yeah, it's the camera crew. There is no such thing as, as ghosts. But I want to believe in that. I would like to think that there are trapped spirits. I would like to think that at the Tower of London, where they executed so many people and outside, that the ghosts of those people would still be walking around with their heads under their arms. I mean, that's what I would like to think. I would like to spend the night there. Could you spend a night in a haunted house? And the answer is, of course. But not if people are going to be silly and start... opening doors and stuff like that and clanking of chains and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't want to be frightened like that. I want it to be like Randall and Hopkirk deceased. I want him, you know, Marty, to be able to come back and then go, oh, look, so-and-so, so-and-so. And he go, yeah, that's really cool. You know, because only, only you can see me, Jeff. Only you, only you, only you. It's really good. Actually, I used to love that. I actually think I could do that. I said, you know, sometimes you, you imagine that if, if you're invisible, what would you do? And it always involves naughty things. Isn't it funny? I don't know why. If you, the, the things you could do if you were invisible. But every time I think about, if I was going to be invisible, what would I do? And at the moment, it involves hiding in people's bedrooms. It's not looking promising at all. You know, I should really... I know, even I'm frightened by it. You know, really, I should be in a kebab shop thinking, why can't I eat that kebab? Because it's bad for you, that's why. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, Massachusetts, Miles says, thank you for bringing my attention to Ascot. No coverage here. He says... He said, did I hear you say a few minutes ago, most of the crowd are chav? Isn't the operative word naff? No, no, chav is completely different. Chav is completely... Naff is sort of like a bit... Naff is... It's just naff. It's just... Chav is low-rent people. Low-rent people. People who sort of go out there, and you could spot them, because they've always got, you know, lots of lines under their note because they change (sighs) those... 
And they've generally got tattoos, very chavvy. A bit over in Massachusetts, you call them trailer trash. Here we actually call them chav. It's the same kind of thing. Low rent, social deprivation, no sense of the occasion, don't know how to behave in public. Generally, the women look a bit like the blokes. You know, they're, they're, they're as big as, I'm afraid. It's, that's, the, that's generally the, I think that would be the definition of, of chav. I don't, I don't know why, and I don't know where it originated from. Probably, it, it probably comes from, from the American with sort of trailer trash. I mean, I, I can't think of anything, anything else. You know, and it's, it's, I mean, chav would be baseball caps. If you saw somebody in a, in a Burberry baseball cap, that would be considered chavs. I mean, generally, they like things shiny. You know, they like a bit of bling. You know, for them, they would be shopping on Gems TV because they think they're buying real jewellery at twenty nine ninety nine. I love it when you get all the bimbos. That's another word for you, bimbo. We have bimbos on television. They get, they get excited over anything. They probably get excited over the opening of a yogurt carton. You know, it's unbelievable. Look, real. Fr- oh, it's, there's fruit in here and everything. And they sell it on the on the jewellery channel. It was popularised, I think, Chav to, to sort of. Talk about youth subculture and the and the unemployed precariat in the United Kingdom. That's what the definition of chav was. People who, who have no chance. It's generally, you know, single mothers would be chavvy. Very chavvy. But I think it's the, I think the original uh, origins are in the uh, Romani word chavi. Chavi, which I think means child, if, if memory serves me correctly. And I think, you know, it, it was then an abbreviation, I think, for council housed and violent uh, but I'm not sure whether... I think that was just somebody sort of made that up. And, and so it has been used. It's, you know, there is another word. It's Chavtastic. You know, you're listening to Steve Allen on LBC. I'm Chavtastic. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing. And it, in, it generally involves wearing branded designer sportswear, which, is, which generally is fake. You know, that's why Chavs tend to popularise markets. You know, it is the classic example of the woman pushing the, pushing the buggy with a fag on, the phone in the other hand, the Ugg boots and the pink G-string, dirty, of course, showing up the back of her grey tracksuits. But, we- but everything's fake. But she's wearing Chloe sunglasses, which she's bought in the market for a fiver because she thinks that people think that she's rich for wearing Chloe sunglasses. Whereas, in fact, you, c- you look at chavs, you know they're chavs. They don't know how to dress. They've got no social graces. All the kids are called Chantel, Chanel, Kylie, all that kind of thing, Brad... You know, they give them all the, all, all the sort of the naff names. I mean, I, I remember Prince William and Prince Harry dressing as chavs. Do you remember when they went to Canada some years ago and there was that embarrassing thing where Prince William attempted to look... They were with Charles. And, of course, because they, they're so out of touch with real people, they, they were given baseball caps, which they turned backwards and did this sort of thing where they were like, yeah. And I thought, oh, dear God in heaven. It looked, it looked the worst ever. It was very embarrassing. So that's why, that's where, that's where Chav comes. It's a bit of a long description, wasn't it, for me at this time of the morning? But to be honest with you, looking through the, looking through the papers, if the best thing that they can actually come up with is Ascot and the fact that dipsy old Helen Flanagan told last she feared for life. These people broke into the house. It's not her house, of course. It's the boyfriend's. It's six and a half thousand quid a month. He rents it. And uh, it's typical. It's a Chav house. She is chav, she is low rent, and she, she, um, she, she basically led the raiders to the mansion. She sort of... Oh, my God. And, uh, oh, dear Lord. If you want proof of... Sorry. Page three of the Daily Mail today, there's... Um, there is <laughs> two chavs. Denise Sanchez and her friend, Claire Brockett, 
Claire Brockett is about 190. She's got tattoos all the way up her arms. And the other one's wearing what can only be described as cast-offs. I mean, dear, how these people are actually allowed into Ascot is totally beyond me. I think the royal family should stay well away from it. It's quite clearly so low rent now. When you look at this picture of Claire Brockett with her tattoos, you kind of lose the will to live. And that's getting into Ascot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, no class anymore, is there? Quarter to five. This is LB Steve Allen. Oh, did you watch that dreary programme on the television yesterday? BBC Two's Airport Live. Oh, dear God. What a shame for me. What a shame for me. I'll tell you for why. Because one of my favourite presenters, Kate Humble, quite clearly can't do live television. It was so ghastly. Oh, she was fluffing everything, couldn't pronounce her words. Really terrible. And in fact, even Ephraim Hardcastle says it was rather dull, a sorry waste of frisky-looking prese- uh, presenter Kate Humble, who's usually found rhapsodising on the wonders of nature. Yes, I think she was there, though, because um, the snow boy, Dan Snow, couldn't be there for family reasons. I wasn't sure if somebody had fallen ill in the fact, whatever. But, um, to be honest with you, she was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Sorry about that one. Sorry about that. I wish it hadn't been, actually, because I, I do like her a lot. I do like her a, an awful lot. Uh, another story in the paper today, just before I bring you the, the gadget, the gadget competition for today, is the teenage boy and girl who died under a train the other day. Um, this is uh, Charlie Disbury. Charlie spelt C-A-R-L-E-I-G-H. I mean, I'm not sure whether or not we're going down a different route here. But, uh, and Mert, uh, she was 15, he was 18. They were found on the tracks 200 yards from a commuter station in Hertfordshire. They were under the arches of a brick footbridge when they were hit by a locomotive. Uh, investigators later found two notes on the body of Mert, a filmmaker, an A-level student, and a single note on Charlie who said she would give anything to be famous. And so, quite clearly, you know, they've, uh, they took their own lives. We don't know why, because they weren't in a relationship. I never, never understand, if I live to be 190, why young people, seemingly quite happy... She'd only just uploaded a YouTube video of herself singing a, a David Greta song. And, uh, and I remember thinking, if, if you've just done that, and you're singing this song, why do you then want to go and take your life? What can possibly be so bad at 15 that you end up with an 18-year-old taking your own life by throwing yourself in front of a train. I don't, underst- I don't understand why you'd want to do that. I mean, for, apart from the fact the impact it must have had on the driver of the train. We've spoken to people before on LBC who've, who've had this experience on the tube where they've, they've had jumpers. You know, literally, they've come into this. That's why they come in slow now, because they used to come in so fast. It's still dangerous. And still people throw themselves. I mean, mercifully, I would never look at things like that. I mean, I'd just have to, I'd have to turn away. I think it's too awful. But for the drivers of these trains, you know, absolutely terrible. They were struck at about 9pm. They stepped out together onto the track. I mean, I just don't know why they would do that. The parents must be absolutely distraught. And probably asking a question, which we are, Why? Why? Why would you want to do a suicide pact? An 18-year-old and a 15-year-old throw yourself in front of a train. Why would you do that? Who have you not got to talk to? I mean, where do they think? Do they think they're going somewhere better? Definitely not. Let's uh, turn to uh, happier things. The LBC gadget giveaway. Uh, yesterday, Carm Marconi from Waltham Cross correctly identified that Chris Martin of Coldplay is married to Gwyneth Paltrow and won a fantastic laptop. A fantastic laptop, which is good. Today... It's an Apple iPad Mini. It's only an Apple iPad Mini. E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home. Apple iPad Mini. And if you haven't got one, now's your chance. You can get your hands on it by 6.30 this morning. One lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini just by answering this question correctly. 
Oh, there's another one I don't know. Which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss? Which famous actor is married... Edie von Holm. Is married to Rachel Weiss. To enter, text the word gadget. I don't know the answer. I don't know, sorry. I don't know why I don't know. I should know these things, but we didn't do that in, in our classes. Text the word gadget, and then your answer. Which famous actor was married to Rachel Weiss? And send it to 84850. Before 6.30 this morning. I realise it's nine minutes to five. The text will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. A nice one to have today. An Apple iPad Mini. An Apple iPad Mini. And it can be yours. All you have to do is enter the competition. I'll do it again a little bit later on for you. Just so you're, you're well aware of what it is you are playing for. And uh, I'll give you the... Actually, let me give you the weather now. I think it's better to tell you what the weather is for today. Just in case. In case you're going to Ascot. There'll be all the people on the, uh, on the trains this morning. Showers throughout the morning. Some heavy and thundery. I brought my umbrella. I brought my umbrella. I actually walked out thinking, I heard the, the forecast, I heard, as I climbed into the shower, I heard Duncan say, there's going to be showers, I'll right, take the umbrella. So heavy and thundery, bright spells developing later in the afternoon. So it's a pain, isn't it, really? It'd be different if it was raining all day. So now you've got to take the umbrella out with you if you're going to Ascot. And you're going to have to hang around with it all day. You know, so when the sun comes out, you've still got the umbrella. Have you noticed the amount of Japanese that go around in the sunshine with their umbrellas up? Because that's apparently quite normal to keep the sun off your face. You don't want to, you don't want to sort of get, you know, half a tan, do you? You can always tell if I've been out in the sun with sunglasses on. I've got tram lines down the side of my ears. Uh, maximum temperature today. Oh, lummy. Currently 17 degrees, so it's, it's, it's getting there. It'll climb to 23 degrees centigrade later on. Good luck. That's all I could say. Good luck. From compliments to cuddles, the keys to women's confidence. What makes you feel good? Tell me what makes you feel good. A compliment. Also, having perfectly styled hair or a new cut and colour. Looking good in a photograph. You go, oh, that's a good picture of me. Having silky smooth legs. I've often said that. I've often said my silky smooth legs are my saving grace. A smile from a stranger. I don't think that makes you feel good. That kind of makes you feel a bit scared as far as I'm concerned. Being told you look young. Go on, I bet there's loads of you. You haven't heard that for years, have you? Being told, oh, you look really young. Nobody said that to me in ages. Being asked where you bought something. Waking up spot-free. That's always a good one, isn't it? That won't apply to anybody listening from the Only Wears Essex, I'm afraid. Oh, there's my friend Billy Crystal on the television. Hi, Billy. Hi. My new best friends. Know him very well indeed. And Dustin Hoffman and uh, Julie Andrews. Uh, a fresh manicure makes you feel good. A fresh manicure makes you feel good. Getting your eyebrows plucked, apparently. Getting your eyebrows... Why would that make you feel good, having your eyebrows plucked? I don't know. And also wearing an outfit which shows off your favourite part of your body. Last time I did that, I got arrested. I've my favourite part of my body. Nobody else's favourite part at all, I'm afraid. Which was a bit of a shame, isn't it? Uh, lots of people singing for um, the Stephen Lawrence Fund, which is, uh, which is very nice. And, uh, and strawberries. You can't get away from strawberries at the moment, can you? You cannot get away from strawberries. They're all over the place. All over the place. And there's a paper bra here. And uh, it's the disposable paper Digni bra. They're going to offer it. It's for people going in for surgery. You don't, you're not going to walk around the streets wearing a paper bra, you know. Best one in the world. And it means that they can then throw it away. You know, if you're going for surgery, you want to be covered up. When I went in for surgery, I wasn't covered up. And it's not the best look. I mean, really, it isn't. I don't know why. Having a line at the weekend might feel like a well-deserved luxury, but it could also be necessary in preventing the, preventing the onset of diabetes. Oh, God. 
Everyday diabetes. Small wonder I go home in a state of high depression, which is terrible. Um, Dell says, big names. I'm working on TV commercials for EE with Kevin Bacon this morning. Oh, right. Is that the actor, Kevin Bacon? Oh, right. Bashir only got the Jacko uh, interview because he'd made the Princess Diana documentary. Yes, probably. Uh, I like how aliens were always curious about our pubs. Thank you. Uh, David says, my parents make me wear button-up pyjamas and vests under a T-shirt at 18. Do you think they're old-fashioned? I think you need to move out very quickly. You're obviously in the wrong place. And then Dan in Reading says, did they fix the dent in your car? Living in Twickenham, I doubt it'll be long before you get another one. I didn't, I got this in Regent's Park, actually. And blimey, you're right one to talk about rough. Reading? God dear. Visit, visit your hubcaps in Reading, the millionaire's playground of Reading. Simon in Newcastle, he says, I used to wear a knock tie with a gold band in the 70s. Very fashionable in Newcastle. Very fashionable all over the place. Everybody had one. I had a few, actually. Airport Live was utter tedium. I've had more enjoyable time picking my earwax. Lovely. Steve, lots of aerial lanterns released over Bracknell once or twice a month. UFOs, they are not. No, but if you're, if you're standing outside the pub and you have a little rinky-poos, and you hear a lantern, and you hear a little lantern, and you go, it's a lantern. No, it's not, it's a UFO. And then you, you can always find a UFO expert. There's always all these barking mad people that come up onto television programmes. And they go, so, in your opinion, is it a, is it a UFO? Well, I could undoubtedly say it is. In all my experience, I've never seen anything like it at all, and it's probably the best picture we've ever had of a UFO. This is in the days of digital cameras. Digital cameras, and we still can't get a good picture. You know, if we actually had a picture of a UFO, and there was somebody waving out the window, a little green face, well, then I might buy into it, but unfortunately, because it's a pile of old old, old toffee, I, I tend not to buy into these things. I, I don't know why, I'm just... I mean, I suppose secretly I'm the same as everybody else. I, I want to believe, but I, I, know, it's, I know it's rubbish. I'm missing an express, I've just realised, actually. I don't have an express this morning. It's it's vanished. Uh, get set for a decade of wet summers, which is uh, which is not good, is it? I wish I could tell you, you know, we were going to have really, really nice weather, but I can tell you, men, uh, that the good news is that, you know, people, people, some people can wrap presents and some people can't. I can. I'm particularly good at doing hospital corners wrapping up. I don't buy cheap paper from the market. I buy nice paper and I can wrap presents up. And sometimes I put them in gift boxes with loads of tissue and shredded gold and silver. Or sometimes I just, you know, I don't, I don't buy gift vouchers for people. I do like wrapping. But they've now bought, uh, brought out, for men, it's called man wrap. And this is for men who can't do folds or do ribbons. Uh, what you do is you roll out the foil-like paper, place the gift in the middle, rip the paper off the roll and twist it around the present. It's that simple, men. You can do it. Be brave. Dun, dun, dun. Well, it's just tin foil, basically. Yes, I mean, that's all it is. It's tin foil. And uh, designer Martin Grix says, my brother actually wrapped my stuff up one year in bin bags and I've heard of men using kitchen foil. So I wanted to make something you could quickly wrap... So it's tin foil with a pattern on it. It's tin foil with a pattern, OK? He runs the Monster Factory shop in Clapham. And he said, I took it to a trade show and the women were saying, even a bloke could use this, which helped it get the name. It's a bit like Marmite. Some people like it, some people don't. But it's basically tin foil with, um, with, with sort of a very smart today. Obviously job into it. And um, so it's, it's tin foil with a, with a pattern on it. And so, so men can wrap anything up. But I'm, I've, I've, it's easy to wrap things. In fact, if you go to certain companies, they wrap for you, especially at Christmas. If you, if you go to the Estee Lauder counter and you say, can you gift wrap? They'll, they'll gift wrap at Christmas. And they do it very well. And if you go to Joe Malone, they'll gift wrap. Certain, certain shops gift wrap. You know, frills, bows. You know, and you, you know the trick about getting ribbon where you slide your scissors down it and then it all rolls up. I do that. 
I can do that. I can make big bows. I can do... I just sometimes I make bows, stick them in my ear, you know, walk around the flat, you know. Makes me feel good. I don't care. I'm not proud, you know. Nobody's going to come in there and frighten me, not as far as I know. And uh, so if it's going to come out and it helps men wrap presents, well, that's good. But most men are a bit useless. And they go, oh, somebody else will do it. But I'm good. I can cut the right ends off. I know how to do it. Fold it all in. And I always use invisible tape. I don't care. I won't buy any tape that's got pictures of Christmas trees on it or something. That's a bit naff. Generally, you know, people... I don't know where they get this stuff from. It's awful. China, I suppose. Uh, But I always use invisible tape. And I've got one of those little things that I wear on my wrist, which has got the tape coming out of it. And they're pre-cut. That's about... What's that? About three inches long. Yeah, about that. And you you sort of pull it up, and then you put it on the thing, and then the next one pops up, and it's pre... I'm not talking to myself here. Am Am I facing the wrong way all of a sudden? I'm trying to explain how you wrap a present. People are hanging on every word on this, but I know it's boring to some people. I think it's quite clever, though. A bit like the news at five, which is next on LBC. On FM, on Lost Steve Allen. something to try and be useful, you know. Try and sort of stick me six penitents. Someone just saying to me, I'm moving on Tuesday, and I can't do the sellotape, because you never find the end of it. You know, so you try and find the... I've actually got a, um, a sellotape dispenser at home, an electronic device, uh, which you put the sellotape on, and you push a button and it dispenses the tape to you. But I said, I have got a catalogue. I know, I've got everything. But I've, I've got a catalogue in my pigeonhole upstairs, uh, which is from a company called Seton, and they do all this packing of cases and poly bubble wrap and all that kind of stuff. And they've got a thing that you put over with the tape. So I just said, oh, you can have a look at this catalogue. He said to me, he said, I'm moving on Tuesday. You know, like it's my problem. I was only trying to be helpful, you know, I'll try and just try and be useful to people, you know, if some, and help somebody out of a fix, you know, I'd like to be nice. Shouted out like that on a Wednesday morning, I've been shouted out on a Wednesday morning. It's very very gloomy out there today, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't, I mean, I, I can't work out if somebody's put a film over the window. I say a film, you know, so a dark film, to make it look like you're in the back of one of those cheap Honda cars that the little boys are so favoured in riding around London with the blacked out windows where even they can't see anything. And and it's and I'm thinking, oh dear, the showers could be very heavy. So definitely, definitely take an umbrella. I like Jane Moore's column. We always like Jane Moore, columnist of the year. I admire her enormously. She does not show her wealth. So says, without a shred of irony, Jay Rutland, new husband of Tamara Eccleston. For the blissfully unaware, she's the daughter of Formula One boss Bernie and likes nothing better than an ostentatious photo shoot inside her 50 squillion pound house with 457 bedrooms and a gift wrapping room. Saying she doesn't show her wealth is as risible as claiming Rihanna's a prude with a penchant for burkas. Which kind of sums up what a stupid man, honestly. They do they do talk drivel, these people, don't they? He comes with a bit of a past, doesn't they? Wonder how long that one's gonna last. But apparently Tamara Eccleston has had custom made bikini bottoms with her new name emblazoned on them. Ugh, how cheap and vulgar. You have nothing worse than a than a, a, a sort of a chav with too much money. Ugh, dreadful. I mean, it doesn't show her wealth. That's all she's... Did she not do a photo shoot for Playboy? Although, God, I've never heard anybody say how attractive she is. And she was covered with £50 notes. Wasn't that one? It doesn't show her wealth. He's even more stupid than I thought, actually. Perhaps they're well-suited. Other stories which she talks about today. Nigella Lawson, proof that anyone can be an abuse victim. It was very interesting because... Who was it was talking about this? Oh, yes, Holly Willoughby was talking about this yesterday. And... uh, I think Philip Schofield said, why didn't anybody do anything? And Holly said, I know this this restaurant. It's Scott's. It's the fish rate. It's very famous. But they sat outside. So the waiters inside wouldn't have seen anything at all because they're sitting outside on the street. That's why people managed to get pictures. I wonder how much those pictures went for. I wonder how much somebody got for those, those pictures. 
which is interesting. Uh, we did try yesterday. I won't tell you who it was with because it's too embarrassing for them. When we were doing the quiz, which we started yesterday on the programme, of fruit or vegetable? Vegetable or fruit? So we came up with tomato, fruit, pea, fruit. Yep. Uh, because I was playing it yesterday with people and I do it all the time. I was holding up in... in oh, I can't, well, I've given it away now, haven't I? Anyway, I held up a cucumber. Fruit. Vegetable. And they were going, vegetable. I went, fruit. Holding up an avocado. Fruit or vegetable? Vegetable? Fruit. Okay. And the, the hard and fast rule is, if it's got pips in or a stone, it's fruit. That's why a tomato is a fruit. It always crops up. So now you know, a pea is a fruit. A pea is a fruit because it is... It, you plant that pea, you can grow something from it. So that's that's the seed. So it's it's a fruit. Okay. So I've mentioned that. I know we did it yesterday on the programme and it caused much hilarity. So I did try it with a few people, John, yesterday. And uh, he didn't do very well, actually. He didn't do very well at all, poor soul. But I, I liked it. I, I, to me, it was like, like playing a game. I quite enjoy doing things like that. Uh, lots of people saying that, you know, again, no such thing as UFOs. It is aerial lanterns. These things that you buy, you can buy them all over the place. Garden centres do them. And they're big um, paper things. And you put a nightlight in them. They're only good when, um, when there's no wind. If they've got wind, you don't even bother doing it. It's just ridiculous. They're very flimsy paper. And you put the nightlight in and they take off. And if it's a very calm night and a really calm night, no rain, no wind, no nothing, then they can look very pretty. They use them for weddings. They release them from behind hedges. And they, I don't know why people think I'm watching a light going up to the sky is exciting, but they do. And they buy them for weddings. And I've seen them advertised on the Internet. They come in various colours, white being the most popular most popular colour, and people just like them for when I suppose because it's pretty, isn't it? We do like pretty things in the sky. That's why we like fireworks. That's why, you know, you, you enjoy those. I was talking to somebody the other day who said, oh, I said, before I die, I want to go and see the Aurora Borealis. And I said, I've seen it. I've seen the Northern Lights when we went to the Arctic Circle. And they said, are they easy to see? I said, well, they were outside our hotel. Well, they weren't outside the hotel. The, um... It was sort of on the horizon. I said, and it was absolutely beautiful. Because I remember, did not Joanna Lumley do a film about going to see the Northern Lights? And she didn't get to see them, and they faked the Northern Lights on the programme. I seem to remember this in the back of my mind, that she didn't actually get to see them. I don't know why, because ours were perfectly visible. Mind you, we went at Christmas, so there's a more, more chance of seeing them. But they were absolutely... I thought they were so pretty, and it's, it's just gases, isn't it? Whatever it was, it was very pretty. And very nice. Uh, we put up a tweet, ladies and gentlemen, about the podcast. It's the connection, apparently, uh, between iTunes and it's being looked at to be sold. But if we are aware of the problem and hopefully it'll be fixed. The extra podcast can still be downloaded from the LBC website. So we've got a, a slight problem with it. It's probably because too many of you are doing it. So I'm not complaining about it, actually. We are the most popular programme in the history of the English-speaking world, and we're delighted to remain so. But there is a problem at the moment. Hopefully it'll be fixed before too long. OK, so uh, just bear with us. Bear with us on that one. Uh, the gadget giveaway for today at ten past five this Wednesday morning. Yesterday, Carl Marconi from Waltham Cross identified Chris Martin, married to Gwyneth Paltrow, and got a fabulous laptop. It's always nice to win something. I like the idea that people win things. And uh, who knows? It could be you. It could be you. And so today, it's an Apple iPad Mini. A mini Apple iPad. If you haven't got one, you are going to like it. You are going to like it. It's as simple as that. You could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. So one lucky listener, hoping it's you, will win 
the mini Apple iPad. It's got all the uh, all the very special things that the Apple iPad's got. It's just half the size. But it's beautiful. It really is. It's a work of art. You need to know the answer to this question. Which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss? Which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then you send it to 84850. So it's gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. It's about 11 minutes past five now. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. And uh, happy winnings, as they say. Happy winnings. Somebody tomorrow will have their name mentioned because they've won the Apple iPad Mini. A nice, nice, nice prize. And I'm hoping it's going to be... Who knows? It might, you might be one of those lucky people. It could be you. It could be you. Um, I see uh, that Daniel Radcliffe wants to be uh, a Bond baddie. Uh, he says, I'm never going to be cast to play a Bruce Willis character in Die Hard. But he said of 007, I'd make a much better villain than Bond. I'm not nearly strapping enough to play a much better villain than Bond. I'm not really strapping enough to play Bond. He's closer to knick-knack in stature. <laughs> He's good, though. He's good. He's got a new feature in the, uh, in the West End. It gets reviewed today in the papers. Other stories. Huddersfield. Huddersfield is the cheapest place in the country to buy chicken tikka masala. £5.29. That seems a lot of money for chicken tikka masala. Can't you get it cheaper than that? They've said not. The popular curry dish in the West Yorkshire town costs well below the UK average of £6.37. Portsmouth, Oldham, Swansea and Stoke completed the five best value places. Derby at £7.63 was the costliest ahead of Aberdeen and Oxford. They were followed by Guildford in Surrey and London. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, who cares for that sort of price? <laughs> if, it's, if it's that, you know, it costs that little amount of money. You're not seriously telling me that people are going to go to Huddersfield to actually um, to actually take full advantage of a cheap chicken tikka masala. I do like a tikka masala. I haven't had one for years. It's the sauce I can't do. I can do the actual... I can do chicken tikka, but it's the masala sauce which, which kind of ruins it. But they were showing on one of these big programs the other day they were selling off cheap curry sauces they're not look delicious and it, one of the guys made a pizza he did the pizza base and he put the uh, masala sauce over it and then he put um some um peppers and then some cheese over the top and stuck it under the grill it looked delicious i thought that looks quite i quite fancy that idea pizza first thing in the morning i mean that, that's a bit of a bit of a winner isn't it as far as i'm concerned um, yeah, Steve, the meaning of chav, council, house and violent. Yeah, well, well, that's what people came up with, but I don't think it was. It's, the, the word has been around for a long, long time. Long time. It comes from chavi, which means child. That's, a, that's as far as I know, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm not a Kate Humble fan, but in fairness, says Paul in Manchesterford, uh, she has been chucked in at the deep end as Dan pulled out at the last minute. So last minute, his name is first on the end credits as main presenter on the subject of Geordie Chandler. If memory serves under oath, his mother testified she'd walked into the bedroom to find Jacko messing with him, said nothing and walked out of the room. He said, I'm sorry, but at the very least, wouldn't any normal parent have at least smacked him one before calling the police? Absolutely. But they allowed it to continue. If it can, if it was true... If the Geordie Chandler story was true with him and Michael Jackson and the parents had seen this going on, then quite clearly they were letting it go on so they could then rack up the amount of money. Because otherwise, would you not have stopped this immediately? You don't sort of walk in. And as she said 
in court. She saw something going on and then walked out again. I mean, that's... That, that, that's not right, is it? Not right. Uh, 84850, and I can't talk about the other thing. Uh, he says, after you appointed me podcast expert, or as I call myself, the gadget gormless, could I ask on behalf of the people who've been contacting me, have the problem over the last few days been sorted? We had you at treble speed on Monday, which sounds very exciting, and yesterday the website kept crashing a little bit extra and worked properly on iPhone for over a week. I know, it's, it's, it's all going a bit funny at the moment. We ha- we, they, are, they are sorting it out. OK, they are sorting it out, so they are, they are getting there. But uh, you just, just have to bear with it at the moment. The trouble is it's so many people downloading, and I think that the server is getting a bit like, like that. So it is, it is being looked at. Rest assured, I have your best interests in my heart. It's quarter past five. These headlines with Dan Whitehead. Reckless bankers should be jailed. Three. Ferrari at seven, and as it's announced that the US officials are to begin talks with the Taliban over Afghanistan within days, Nick will want to know, will these talks be fruitful, and was the war in Afghanistan worth it? Plus reaction to an LBC exclusive on how much the BBC is paying its staff in compromise agreements. And is it time to split up our banks? You can join Nick Ferrari and the team from Seven. Phil Hall, chairman of PHA Media, will be looking at the papers for today. They're talking about this. I mean, the BBC apparently have paid out something like £22 million in uh, compromise agreements. And uh, they're going to be talking to Miriam O'Reilly. Remember, she was the presenter who claimed... I can't remember exactly. Did she claim she was old and she was dropped because she was old? So they then brought her back to Country File. And I think she started doing something on that. And then that didn't work out. And so I don't know what she's doing now. But uh, she she took them to an employment tribunal. And... um, I think she got about 150 grand in damages, something like that. So she'll she'll be talking about it. They're all doing that now for age, aren't they? It's it's interesting that age uh, crops up a lot. John McCrick, who went to Ascot yesterday, I don't know why. I don't know why. Perhaps because he just sort of misses the limelight. Uh, he's taking Channel Four to court because he claims he was dropped because he was old. And I said no. He was he was dropped because he's he's contract player. And at the end of your contract, they can, they can drop you. And as it was a different company taking over and they wanted to revamp it with Claire OBE Baldwin, I think it is now, um, then, you know, that's the way it goes. It's kind of tough, unfortunately. He's had a very good living up to the age of 70-plus, for goodness sakes. Not bad. Uh, Steve, is a potato a fruit you can plant a tater and grow it? No, because it's got these seeds inside it. It's got to have seeds inside it. So that's a vegetable. That's a vegetable. Uh... Paul in Guildford, he says, uh, there's a, a chicken dish here which is very good and no sauce. Yes, that's why, the only thing I'll have is chicken tikka. I do enjoy, I used to have a cashmere years ago, I used to love that. It, just because it had a few raisins in it. It did look particularly nice, actually. He said, I often eat at the Dorchester, a set meal with a glass of wine, £27. I think you can get better. I like the Dorchester, don't get me wrong. I do like the Dorchester. We're going off very shortly for tea at the Langham. Can't wait to try tea there. Can't wait to try tea there, which is nice. But I'm having, I'm having lunch. Between. It's great there, is it? Oh right. Oh, you've already been, have you? I don't want to go there now. Not if the producer's been. Honestly, I'm not to let anybody in. And um, so then, and I've got a nice lunch this Friday with uh, with young Jonathan Levi, who we should have had last week. But if you remember, I didn't feel at all well last week. And then there are pictures in the paper of uh, little old Katie Price looking so old. I, don't, I mean, all of a sudden. She's she's aged beyond belief. And uh, she was wearing a sort of dressed up as a princess. But because she's sort of so old and haggard, she looks like a, the face has all gone wrong, hasn't it? It's the wrong colour. It's wrong makeup. It's wrong everything. She looks like a reject reject from a 70s porno movie. 
I'm sadly to say, and her, her poor little husband, who looks like a reject from a gay boy band, and uh, she was out there plugging her latest book uh, called He's the One, which, of course, she hasn't written because she can't write because she's dumb. And, and who'll be buying it? I've got no idea. I've got no idea. But uh, it's, it's obviously romantic, so she was wearing a pink ball gown and wig. And they say, model-turned-author. She's not an author. She's never written anything. She can't even write a column. Why do they insist on putting out this rubbish? Just ridiculous. Um, apparently, singer Max George has put his split from Corrie Beauty Michelle Keegan behind him by bedding a series of screamers. I have no idea what that means, but it's in the sun today. And uh, Larry Lamb says, I would have... Um, you can quiz him about this on his programme this week. I would have sex with other women if my partner left me. Well, there you go. That's good news. Uh, and uh, the only way Essex is Mario Falcone has revealed he tried to kill himself when his romance with former fiancée Lucy Mecklenburg broke down. Um, apparently he took champagne and, I think, sleeping tablets or something. And he says what he did was worse than cheating. Louis suggested there was a dark... Lucy suggested there was a dark reason for the split, saying what he did was worse than cheating. Uh, he's, he's a tailor. He said, Lucy's been talking about this big, dark secret. It's made people think I've done horrible things to her when I haven't. You're just a bit vacuous, Mario, sweet pea. OK? You're a bit dumb. You're a bit dim. And she just spends... Why don't you just buy her a box of Kleenex? Because she spends most of her time crying on the show. Mainly because she's so stupid that you can't have a conversation with these people. She starts having a conversation with somebody in the show. And there was a... <laughs> and you think, oh, for how old are you? Five? God. Dear, I've never heard anything like it. Lynn says, uh, Steve, I'd wrapped my poor dad's Father's Day present so well it took him forever to get into them, poor dad. He was frustration personified. Yes, I hate people who put too much sellotape round parcels, but I use these little bits. I forget who makes it now, but it's a little thing you clip on your wrist and you put a little... It's, it's a load of sellotape bits, about three inches and about quarter of an inch wide, and it, you put it in there, you take up the first one, and when you pull it off your wrist, the next one pops up. So you don't have to start faffing around trying to cut sellotape, hanging it off the table. It made it so much easier to wrap presents. I've got loads of them. I bought loads of them. I thought that it was such a good present. I should really have bought it for uh, for everybody. And um, somebody says here, Kate Humble is on Twitter. She's a bit of a corker, you know, though I wouldn't wish Airport Live on anybody. Well, she wasn't supposed to be doing it. It should have been Dan Snow. And I don't know whether or not Dan Snow pulled out for family reasons or because he just decided he didn't want to do live. But she definitely can't do live. There is an art. It's like walking and talking at the same time. Some of these, these people find it very, very difficult. And when you see them, you suddenly realise how edited people are. It's like watching a, a television actor. It makes me laugh. You get somebody who's in, say, Coronation Street or something, or something like that, where they haven't actually got any experience of theatre. And then they, they leave the soap and they think, oh, they've got to go on stage now. And they've, they've got no idea how to do stage acting because they've never been trained how to do it. So Kim Marsh, as was, couldn't do stage acting if her life depended on it. The nearest they actually get to it is doing maybe a little bit of pantomime. Lisa Riley, of course, is touring around the country with her show as well, which is a little bit like her life story and Strictly thrown in together. So that's, that's worth uh, catching. She had some, some good reviews on that one. A lot of people talking about this alley which has been turned into an, an oasis by green-fingered locals, and the council killjoys who want to uproot it. It's elfin safety, they say. Elfin safety. And I'm thinking, you know, why don't they just, just go away, councils, at times? They're, they're very, very annoying. 
They're very, very annoying, and they don't sort of... They don't quite understand. I spent a, a good hour yesterday watering all my plants and the hanging baskets. And the fuchsias are getting there now. In fact, any day... I reckon within about... Well, it's going to tip it down today, but probably within about a week, they're just going to go... And I'm going to have fuchsias everywhere. Because you saw the pictures I Twittered the other day. Uh, I tweeted the other day on Twitter... And they came out quite well. And now they, they've started spreading out. The pots are all spreading out. Those little pellets did absolutely work wonders for the, uh, for the slugs. They, they, they've, they've just evaporated completely now. I'm afraid they've gone to meet their maker. Where they come from, I've got no idea. Uh, more on the weather. Holly's just sent me this latest weather. Showers. Showers trough the morning. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? I think she means through the morning. Uh, some heavy and thundery. Bright spells developing later in the day. 17 centigrade, 23 the high today. Mainly dry throughout the evening. Few showers to start. An increasing chance of thunderstorms overnight. Tomorrow, oh, here we go. Thunderstorms or heavy rain through the morning. Otherwise, patchy rain possible. Dry and brighter from the south through the afternoon. The high, 22 degrees centigrade. And the further three-day, Friday, rain, locally heavy, thundery. Gradually clearing with fine weather following, starting briefly dry and bright on Saturday. Otherwise, the weekend, cool, breezy, with rain or showers. I was saying to somebody the other day, somebody said to me, people will say to me, so what do you do every day? And I said, well, actually, I try not to do anything during the week. You know, if, if you work the hours that we work, I try not to do anything. You have to, you have to be quite, quite sort of strict with yourself and say, listen, I'll go out for lunch on Friday... And I'll probably go out for dinner Friday evening and Saturday and Sunday. I'll do anything up to about one or two o'clock in the afternoon and then it's my own time. But during the week, nothing. I try not to do anything at all because you just need to rest and, uh, and just recharge your batteries. And there's that catalogue in my pigeonhole, which has got all those things for packing and helping if, you know, if you're moving or something like that. And it's got those tape machines where you put the, the roll of the brown tape in and then sort of pull it over. And it makes it all very easy for you if you're moving. But, of course, not if you're moving on Tuesday, in which case I didn't know that because you're not my friend. 84850, uk. Not that I'm bitter or anything like that. I mean, I, I, don't, I hardly drag anything personal onto this programme, really. I do not hold a grudge. Many. Uh, improvement at, uh, at Ascot today, says Jill. She says, my first time, older woman who knows how to behave in public. I have mixed feelings about it. From Bracknell, but the nicer side, nearest to Ascot. And no UFOs seen. Well, I should, well it's, it can't just be one man who's seen them, can it? I mean, there must be somebody else who's set these balloons off. Sorry, these UFOs off. Little green men, E.T. phone home. I like that. So, uh, so good luck at, uh, at Asker today. You will like it. Just, just be a nice person there. But you will see lots of chavs and you will see lots of tattoos on display. Very low rent, I'm afraid. It's 5.30. 26 minutes to, uh, to five. I've noticed, actually, there's a couple of mad people in the paper today. Firstly, there's um, a campaign by Ben Bradshaw, the Labour MP for Exeter. Wait for this one. You'd think MPs would have better things to do with their time. He's looking for pardoning the Biddeford witches. OK, this is Ben Bradshaw, Labour MP for Exeter. These people, Temperance Lloyd, Susanna Edwards and Mary Trembles from Biddeford, were hanged in 1682 for being witches. And he said... I want a campaign to pardon. Has they got better things to do than, than sort of dredge up something from the Biddeford witches? He said it's a terrible injustice and a stain on our history. It was 1682. There were probably loads of people who were hanged. But anyway, the, the Assizes judge uh, didn't believe that they were guilty, but, uh, but the mob did. 
And so they were hanged. They were convicted on heresy evidence and hanged on August the 25th in Exeter Prison. Campaigners say they were innocent and targeted because they were old and suffered from dementia. I mean, how they know that from 1682, I've got no idea. It's quite clearly, one of them said, that they were not witches. Because the, the old system used to be, I'm afraid, that if you were convicted of being a witch, they would find out if you were innocent by putting you on the ducking stool. If you floated, you were guilty. If you sank, you were innocent. It was a kind of a no-win situation, wasn't it, really? So in other words, you were dying either way, I'm afraid. But uh, nothing, nothing, ladies and gentlemen, beats the Whitby councillor, Simon Parks. Nothing beats this man. He is so mad, he's off the end of the scale. He claims that he's had sex with an alien four times a year. He has a child called Zarka. I mean, he really is. He's so, he's so far off the end... He's gone past barking. He's, he's well on his way to, to be incarcerated. He had a child called Zarka with an alien he refers to as the Cat Queen. And there's a picture of him. He quite clearly is not the full shilling. And he's, I mean, most of these uh, people are show-offs. They're attention seekers. And he is no different. He clay, it's, it's a Channel 4 programme called Confessions of an Alien Abductee. You can find these mad broom people all over the place. And he says, my wife found out about it and was very unhappy. And uh, what will happen is we hold our hands up and say, I'm ready. And the technology, I don't understand, will take us to a craft orbiting the Earth. He's, he's, he's this, this mentally ill. And he says here, uh, there are plenty of people in my position who don't choose to come out and say it because they're terrified it will destroy their careers. His real mother is a nine-foot green alien with eight fingers and said people only claim he's mad because they've not shared his experience. He remembers being lifted out of his cot by an alien. He's so barking. He really, he's, he's just fallen off the end of the world now. He was taken out of his cot by an alien. He spends hours drawing his extraterrestrial experiences. I think he was dropped on his head or walked into a wardrobe or something. He says, I'm fairly clear in my head that I'm being monitored by aliens very closely. No, psychiatrist may be, darling, but, uh, but definitely not. Why would you think you're being monitored by aliens? What is so special about you? You're deeply unattractive. You're quite clearly mad as a broom cupboard. Why on earth would you be monitored by aliens? But he was lifted out of his cot, and he says, the only thing I remember the, the, them saying to me is that you will never be hurt, you will never be harmed. Well, shame. I was hoping they might have blasted him into eternity. He says, I'm perfectly um, confident in my own mind that I am being monitored by these aliens, and if anything does happen, uh, they will intervene. They have in the past. He claims that he and a female passenger in his car were recently abducted by aliens near Scarborough before being returned to the vehicle. God, he's involved other people in his fantasy as well. And so he's drawn a picture of, um, of his uh, mother. She's sort of a blob with a green... It's, it's classic, you know, he's, he's seen a picture in a book somewhere and he's drawn it. So she's got the green head with one big eye, which is all black and everything else. Ooh, spooky, spooky. I mean, you could, it, it looks like something Jeremy Beadle would have conjured up years ago. Do you remember there was that, he did it on Beadle's About, and where this woman thought an alien had landed in the garden. And so there was this huge thing. They, they, they dug a crater, and there was a smoke and everything else, and this thing rises out in the middle. We have come in peace. And this woman starts talking to her. I thought she was mad as a broom cupboard as well. But he, he's, he's completely off his trolley. It's a, he's, he reckons he's had hundreds of encounters with aliens. Don't be stupid. The trouble is, it's a catch-22 situation. Chicken and egg. He can't prove it happened. 
We technically can't prove it didn't. We just know that, you know, people don't get abducted. What you should do is have him monitored in his house. If all of a sudden he dematerialises in the chair while you're watching the, the CCTV, well, then we might believe him. But as you and I know, it's never going to happen. Unlike the gadget giveaway, which happens every day on this programme, and it's your chance to win today, the Apple iPad Mini. And you'll get it for pound fifty. Bargain. Bargain. But you need to know the answer to this question. To get your hands on it, which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and then send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss for the Apple iPad Mini? Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, very, very important. Then your answer, which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss, and then you send it to 84850. You've got less than an hour to get to them in this morning. Somebody will be picked at random and they will win, and it's just as likely to be you as anybody. In fact, it will be somebody listening this morning, because that's why you'll be doing the competition. You know, if you're not listening. Unless, of course, you're the, uh, the councillor. The one who's probably up there with an alien, even as I speak, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be having a go for the gadget competition, but whether the aliens know the answer, I don't know. Probably not, I'm afraid. Uh, one here. It says, um, uh, I think it might thunder down here in Brighton. You get the storm build up, a few little rumbles here and there. It's been a while since we've had a good thunderstorm. Yes, I mean, I, I predict there's going to be... I mean, it's very overcast here now, but it doesn't... It's not raining, is it, yet? Is, are the pavements wet? No, it looks OK. I thought it would be fine. Um, uh, another one here from Guy, who says, Are you serious? I bet you think God created us. I thought you know better than that when I said no UFOs. Well, it, I mean, put it this way, there's no little green men on other planets, put it that way. You know, because God never mentioned that in the Bible at all, did he? God never said, I think I'll create some little green men on another planet and we won't let them speak English. It depends whether you sub- subscribe to the God theory, doesn't it, that God created us, which, of course, I don't. Because uh, we were around a long time before that. I don't believe there was a Garden of Eden. I don't believe there was anything. I think it was just a very nice little story. And people believed in those sort of stories. Uh, 84850. Anna says, I'm pleased you're looking forward to tea at the Langham. I'm available more or less when you want. Emma from the charity is supposed to be organised. It would rather do it, uh, though, though, through you, I think. Oh, she's the winner, of course, isn't she, Anna? Yes, I know. They've, They've given me some other dates which I've got to go back to them tomorrow, and I, so, so we shall let you know then. OK, they have to do it because they handle all the, all the bits and pieces. I'm looking forward to it. I'm starving. I'm starving myself for this one. Starving myself. And then I think the following week I'm off round Hampton Court. I bought a hat for the occasion. I bought a hat. How cool am I? <laughs> Very cool, I think, wearing a hat. I mean, it's, it's, not, you know, it's not like a hyacinth bouquet kind of hat, quite clearly. It's, sort of, it's, a, it's a posh hat. I like the story that Duncan did. About Tesco's banning scantily clad women and shirtless men. I don't think anybody should walk into a shop shirtless unless you're really low rent. Unless you really are the lowest of the low. And and they're they're quite right. People could drip over fruit and veg or something like that. It's just filthy. It's just disgusting. These people quite clearly have got no place in human society. Wandering in their scantily clad women. Apparently, surprisingly, in Tiverton in Devon, it was the, uh, the staff that complained. During a recent hot spell... Lots of scantily clad women, they aren't women, they're sort of blokes but in women's clothing, and shirtless men to stock up on alcohol and barbecue supply. Other customers were appalled at the beer bellies and bare feet and filed complaints against the supermarket. So they put up a notice. 
It says, to avoid causing offence or embarrassment to others, as well as for health and safety reasons, we ask that customers are appropriately dressed when visiting our stores. Shirts, tops and shoes must be worn at all times. In other words, we don't want no bikies and we don't want no people in there who are chav. You know, people who rest their bikes outside and go in there with no shirts on. We don't want them. You go dressed appropriately. I see it around our way in, um, in KFC. They have a sign that says, you know, you must be no work clothes. You know, you don't want people who sweep the streets going in there, do you? And sitting there in their dirty work clothes. Ugh, dirty people. Don't want anything like that at all, I'm afraid. No, you dress appropriately if you're going out. I don't want to go into, you know, Starbucks and find somebody who's sweeping the streets sitting there in their dirty work clothes. They've been sweeping the streets. You go in there and you dress appropriately. Dreadful. I'm a bit worried about the girl guides. This is to keep a few miserable devils happy. And so now, instead girls joining the organisation will be asked to be true to myself and develop my beliefs. A mention of vowing to love or serve God has been included since 1910. Originally, I think guides were asked to do my duty to God, and this was changed to love my God. The move has been welcomed by secular groups as it was hugely positive development. <laughs> Load of old pants, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? And so the new promise asks guys to serve the Queen and my community instead of the Queen and my country. Oh, how dull is that? We, did, we, I think ours was, the, the Cub Scout one, was to do my duty to God and the Queen. And that, that sort of covered it. I'm not remotely interested in secular people. Well, go and start your own organisation somewhere else. But then 44,000 people responded to the consultation. Chief Girl Guide Jill Slocum said, Girl Guiding believes passionately that girls need a space to explore their values and build the confidence to be true to themselves. Guiding has always been somewhere that all girls can develop their beliefs and moral framework, both inside and outside the context of a formal religion. God in heaven, it's more complicated than I imagined. I thought we just put on the uniform and went out there and made a fire with twigs. I never realised it was more complicated. However, we knew that some people found our promise confusing on this point and that it discouraged some girls and volunteers from joining us. We hope that the new wording will help us reach out to girls and women who might not have considered guiding before so that even more girls can benefit from everything guiding can offer. I'll be setting fire to things with a pile of twigs and looking after elderly people and helping them cross the road. Go on, cross the road. Cross that road! You know, you've got to be nice to people, haven't you? If you're a guide, and so you do... See, when, when we were sort of Cub Scouts, I, I, I think... We we didn't like the guides or the brownies because they sat on mushrooms or toadstools or something. We just did our duty and then we tied each other up. Seemed to be fairly fun at the time, fairly innocent. Quarter to six. These headlines with Dan Whitehead. An official report into the banking sector says... Re Steve Allen. So what with witches and barking mad councillors? You think they've been inducted by aliens? I mean, you kind of lose the will to live, don't you? And it's only Wednesday. It can only get worse, as they say. I like the idea that sort of things... I mean, it, it does seem sometimes that it's just... It's just absolute madness. There are so many stories that make the papers. You can't believe that people sit there and happily tell a programme. But, I mean, people who tell, I suppose, television programmes just about anything nowadays. They'll, they'll say, oh, well, I'm terribly sorry, but I have been abducted by aliens. And you think, well, probably in your sad, tiny little mind. How we ever got to be a counsellor, I'll never know. I will not know at all. Uh, Ian Brady makes the papers. Nick Ferrari spent a lot of time over the past couple of days talking about Ian Brady, who claimed to be in communication with a reincarnated Nazi. They're all balmy mad, aren't they, at the moment? Everybody's completely lost the will to live. And he believes he could change the law of physics. Uh, this is the uh, delusions which led to him being detained in 85. He, uh, he lives practically by himself in his cell. He sits there, he shouts at the television, he does the usual sort of things. And he wants to go back to prison to be allowed to die. I said, you know, 
it's cost us about £8 million so far to keep him. We don't seem to be solving anything. A lot of you, though, seem, seem to disagree. I was quite surprised. Quite surprised that you disagreed and said, no, make him suffer. Not, don't let him kill himself, make him suffer. And I thought, can't we spend the money on something better than a piece of pond life like, uh, like Ian Brady? I can't think of any, any reason why you'd want to keep him alive, apart from the fact it's annoying him so much. Uh, Mary Berry's recipe for wedded bliss. She's married uh, uh, Paul Hunnings, a retired seller of antique books in 1966, and has made his mother's signature meals ever since. She admitted her husband often used to ask her, why are you bothering with all those fancy recipes? I just want stews and pies. She's 78. Uh, She made the comments at the Good Food Show on Friday. She's published more than 70 books. And she lives in Penn in Buckinghamshire. She's really, she's really lovely. I mean, really lovely. And, of course, now I know she knew my Auntie Grace. I've kind of got a family link now to Mary Berry, which is great. Um, the classic image of Cambridge, students sauntering down the street wearing their, their best bib and tuckers for the Trinity May Ball. Unfortunately, one poor soul um, ended up with a glass in his foot. It, it's gone through his shoe. And it makes you cringe because you look at the picture of this poor man's face and he obviously trod it. Obviously, the stem of the glass broke and he trod on it and it's gone right through the shoe and obviously into his foot. I can remember a long, long time ago when we had drawing pins, halcyon days, drawing pins. And I ended up putting one through my thumb. Don't ask me how I did it, but I'm going, I, I put my thumb down on the table. I don't know why, for some reason, I didn't see the drawing pins and I got it stuck in my i going... Really hurt. Really hurt. A lot. A lot. Not not half as much as trapping my thumb in the car door. That was the that was the worst thing. I I shut a van door. I was moving at some point and I slammed the van door shut and it slammed on my thumb. And it was like delayed reaction. It was like watching a cartoon. It was always when I opened the door and took my thumb out, it was like going it was sort of pulsating. I could see it pulsating, and it was just awful. The worst thing I ever could have done to myself. But over the years, we've all done uh, silly things. Another rollover on the, uh, on the lottery. It's now 140 million on Friday. Freddie says, I shall be go bankrupt with all the money I'm spending on tickets. I did persuade my friend John to buy tickets the other day, because I was right it was rollover, but I did say I thought it would go last night. I thought it would go to me, but it's obviously not. So now 140 million. Oh, even better. Even better. I like the fantasy, though, of it. Don't you like the fantasy? The, the, you know, the fun thing that somebody might win? I hate them already. I don't even know these people, and I hate them, whoever wins it. Because if you bought a ticket, you really want it to be you, don't you? You really, really want it to be you. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Anna is also looking forward to tea at the Langham. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'll tell you, I'm, 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 I'm taking a bag to put the sandwiches in. I'm taking them home. <laughs> I love sandwiches. <laughs> Little, I love finger sandwiches. Finger sandwiches, my favourite. And apparently the cakes are very good. Producer says the cakes are very good, so that's nice, isn't it? Uh, Dan's now uh, mo- moving from Bracknell. He's going to teleport himself down the M3. <laughs> Poor soul, honestly. It is funny. There are funny parts of, of Bracknell. I, I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. 84850, uk. Remar- uh, regarding shirtless men, I noticed that at Tamara Eccleston's wedding, even the groom wasn't wearing a shirt. Um, yes, I told you yesterday it was very chav. 
Very chav. I mean, it's 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 so shame. It's such a shame that, you know, she seems, or the family seems to be quite nice. I like her mother, I like her father, and yet she's such a vulgar displayer of wealth. It's almost, it's almost because she hasn't had to do anything for it, because they've always had money in the family because of motor racing. And I just think, you know, she's just cheap and vulgar, I'm afraid. I remember the Beatles about programme and the alien when the woman asked it, would you like a cup of tea? I know, as if you'd say that to an alien. <laughs> Darren says, I woke thinking aliens were talking to me, but it was you. I left the radio on. Thank you. Steve at Canterbury on Saturday around 4.30. I was sitting in a cafe in the main high street when 20 stark-naked cycle riders rode by. Three were ladies. We were all very shocked. They've done There's something else about naked people in the paper today. I think they, they went into a, a shop. When did they go into? I remember reading this earlier on and thinking... It's disc- oh, was it Don- on Duncan's screen? Oh, that's right. It was people who were... In Germany, a supermarket, and they were invaded by naked people in a supermarket. I mean, how do you hold the how do you hold the basket in front of you? I mean, that's very worrying, isn't it? Don't like that kind of thing. But we uh, we have had the naked bike ride. It it proves quite quite distressing for a lot of us. Um, eight four eight five zero. Jay says, where I live, a woman goes in the local shop in her pyjamas and dressing gown. Well, that's just even beyond beyond disgusting, isn't it, really? Beyond disgusting. Uh, I've come across uh, an easy recipe for banana ice cream in the magazine. Yes, it's just you put... Um, you just put uh, bananas in, in the fridge. You put them in, in the freezer and you freeze bananas, then mash them up. That's banana ice cream. That's all you need to worry about. Uh, Steve, could you tell me, I have a funny feeling Katie Price gets a lot of help with her paper column. I read her gibberish every week, um, not because I want to, but just to catch her out. And I don't think she puts any effort. I don't think she does it. Um, she doesn't, I don't think she writes her own. She, she certainly doesn't write any of her own books. That's a fact. We know that. And so I'm, I'm thinking, I think that what happens is they will phone her and go, hello, Katie. And she goes, Hello. Because she's got one of those monotone voices. I mean, she's, you know, the face looks bad enough, but the voice, oh, the boring, boring monotone voice. You know, I just hear put the record straight, like, because, oh, you think, oh, blimey. Wish you'd go away in a green boat under the Isle of Skye or something. Take the old family with you. And, and, and so I don't think she does the column. Well, she can't write. I mean, she she does not, she doesn't write anything. She can't, she can't use these big words. So they just go, we're going to run with this, this. Anything you want to run with? Yes, yeah, somebody was rude about me the other day. Can I put that in there? Like Francine Lewis, we hadn't spoken for like years. Yeah, we'll put that bit in there. It's all right. Okay, thank you. Let's we'll put the check in the post. Bye. And that's what they do. So it's interesting. Uh, well, not really, because she doesn't write anything at all. Uh, as a bean, as a seed, does that make coffee a fruit, says Dave? No. It doesn't. I don't know why it doesn't, but it just doesn't, I'm afraid. <laughs> 84850, steve at this actually goes. This actually goes back to, you know, is a pea a fruit or a vegetable? And it's a fruit. OK, that's how it works. Uh, Steve, I got up late for work, says John and Osmond, stood on three-pin plug. I've never felt pain like... Oh, that's awful, isn't it? I'll tell you what I've done before. I've stubbed my toe underneath the bathroom door. Oh, that hurts. There's all sorts of things that hurt, aren't there? Falling off your bicycle. Is, is quite painful, I think. In fact, most things, do you get the catalogue? Is it, oh, that's hopeless. Try and explain things to people. We practically need to put a sat-nav on his head. You know, that perhaps that'll do it. Oh, no, so busy, 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 busy. I don't know why. I don't know what you have to do, for goodness sake, in life. Hardly stressful, is it? 84850, steve at uk. Apparently losing weight can improve your memory. So that'll be good, won't it? Mine's water retention, all right? Water retention. I'm diabetic. Don't, don't pick on us because we're elderly and not well. 
Nothing worse, is there? Nothing worse. And curled up in their chairs and oblivious to being watched, the two care workers in the papers today, Henrita Ofe and Titileo Ajala, who were caught by their boss asleep at work. They're supposed to be looking after pensioners. What? Have you heard of one of them? Oh, I thought the producer had heard of one of them. Have you heard of Titileo? Or is it the other one you'd heard? Oh, right, OK. And, um... <laughs> so they got caught. It was a 3am sting. They went in there and they caught them. And they went, you're asleep. You're supposed to be looking after these people. And, yeah, yeah. So they fired them. This is what goes on in care homes, unfortunately. You know, people do get very tired working overnight. You know, it's very tiring. Sometimes I get tired. But they, they, this care home charges £580 a week. And it caters for those with dementia and able to look after themselves. These women are allowed a 45-minute break, but not at the same time. So they sort of wandered off and just went to sleep. We discovered this on the underground, didn't we? We had workers down there who just went to sleep on shift. Imagine if I fell asleep during... On it. 40 million for the rollover. What you could do with it, what you could do with it, apart from buying, you know, your nice house and stuff like that. I think I'd buy a big boat... And I'd put people like Jordan, Helen Flanagan, Kerry Coketona, and half the loose women in it, and I'd just send them off just somewhere, just anywhere, I think. There is a, a bracelet that is in the paper today, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to love it. They're literally two inches across, but they're made of something called um, jadeite. I've never heard of jadeite before. I thought, no, oh, no, this is apparently terribly rare. They look like bright green plastic. They're made from jadeite, which is the rarest and most expensive form of the gemstone. If you saw them, they look like two washers worth about a fiver. How much have they just sold for in Hong Kong? Four million four hundred and eight thousand pounds, nine hundred and sixty nine pounds. So four million four hundred and eight thousand nine hundred and sixty nine pounds it's unbelievable isn't it i've never even heard of it the rubbish that they sell on these jewelry channels as i've said before people think they're buying proper jewelry it's just all made in the far east most of it and it's cheap but they, they, you have these poor people who sit there flogging this rubbish and going this is so rare this is so rare and 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 it how much was it? 19 pound 99 and you think you're buying rubbish you're buying rubbish but when you're spending 4.4 million Oh, that is a, that is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I don't know who would buy stuff like that. Oh, there's this irritating picture of Princess Eugenie, looking a little bit. I don't know. It's not a, not a great picture of her. I'm assuming it's because there's a crease in the newspaper with the Queen, and she's waving for the cameras and smiling. I'm sorry, dear. Nobody's interested in you. Don't do it. It's it's for the Queen. People go there for the Queen. Nigella Lawson's in hiding. That's the latest. And to be honest with you, I should imagine they'll all be wanting to find out: Are you staying with him? Are you not staying with him? You know, can you stay with a man who does that to you? Uh, Charles Sarchi was out eating alone last night. I think he wants to stay in, but he's obviously going to brazen it out, isn't he, I suppose? And make sure that people see him there. But, uh, I mean, quite clearly, it's a little bit sad, I'm afraid. A little bit sad. Uh, Jackie says, you getting your shorts out today? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Definitely not. I don't do sunshine. I was just talking to Dan about whether we do sunshine and snow. And he, he seems to do most of the seasons. Well, you have to if you live in London. You know, we have to do snow, rain, wind. We haven't seen a good thunderstorm for ages. I do like a good thunderstorm. And I love it when it torrentially, torrentially, you know, it just buckets down. That I like. I really, really like that. I think that's actually great. I don't want to be in it, but I like watching it. 
And as I said, I don't do sun. I don't. I would no more walk up and down the high street in Twickenham with a pair of shorts on than take my shirt off. I mean, the only time I take my shirt off is when I'm going in the shower. It's not coming off any other time at all. And yet some people quite brace it. It's all right if you've got one of those sort of bodies. You can walk up and down a street. That's great. I can't do it. I absolutely cannot do it. I wouldn't do it anyway now. People would be frightened. Uh, the Daily Express tell you that Tesco finally, since at last, they've, uh, they've banned these shoppers who, who strip off. Um, because it's just naff, I'm afraid. Just naff. It's a bit like looking at Gary Lineker and Danielle at Ascot. It's naff. It's for chavs. It suits them. Uh, Prince Charles was cheered. He just looks uncomfortable in a top hat. I don't know why. Some people look good. And there's a few other people wearing some some dreadful, uh, some dreadful hats. Milliner David Schilling was thrown out of the royal enclosure for wearing a hat decorated with flowers. Uh, he said the official concern hasn't got a sense of humour. Stop being a show-off, David. Don't be so silly. It's the royal en- How did you get into the royal enclosure or did you not even get as far as that? Uh, Charles Saatchi has admitted the assault on Nigella. Uh, uh, he admitted it because he said it stopped a storm hanging over us. I don't think it has, actually. I don't think it has. If, if anything, it's, it's made it worse. It's made it worse because now you've got all the people uh, in, on the, the columns who are talking about it and saying, you know, not nice, you shouldn't have done it. She's obviously quite clearly upset by the whole thing and that's why she's disappeared. She's moved out, but whether or not... She will go back. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? She's not the sort of person, I don't think, to sell a story on that. So you're not going to see her anytime soon in OK magazine, unlike certain people who would feature between the pages of those sort of magazines. Abu Qatada could be out of Britain within weeks. The final hurdle on the attempts to send him uh, to Jordan to face trial was cleared yesterday. We, we were waiting on this. It takes There's one more little bit to go, but it's fairly straightforward. And this is the um, the king of of Jordan has a parody endorsed a fair trial treaty with the UK and Qatar has pledged not to challenge his removal once the agreement guarantees his human rights coming into force. We've been struggling since two. I'll be so glad to get to see the back of him. I don't like looking at the front of him either. A rather pathetic little excuse for a person. He's wanted in Jordan over allegations he was involved in plotting bombs, sentenced to life in his absence, but has refused to return to the country for a retrial, saying the evidence gathered against him was gathered using torture. So far, his case has cost us about £5 million. I don't want him here anymore. I don't think anybody else wants him here. But now that King Abdullah II has rubber-stamped the Jordanian side of the deal, it only remains for the UK MPs to approve it to a vote on Friday of this week. The big story that made the front of the mirror and the sun this morning over dipsy old silly Helen Flanagan, an excuse, I'm afraid, of the worst possible kind, um, who was uh, confronted by three men, only makes page 11 in the Express... As it's owned by Richard Desmond, I'm surprised she wasn't pictured on the front page with a halo round her head. She revealed on the social networking site Twitter that she was alone in the house, which, of course, was another lie because she wasn't. She had a friend with her. You know, I mean, we know she's Billy No Mates, but she uh, posted, Super tired today, which makes me emotional, sensitive and mental. Can't wait to have my boyfriend home. In fact, as the paper said, she wasn't home alone. She was with a friend. So three people broke in, a midnight raid, and uh, they locked her in a, a room. They were wielding a saw and a screwdriver when they broke into her mansion. It's a rented place, by the way. And escaped with jewellery and a mobile phone. So so really high-end raid. Jewellery and a mobile phone. You can't see Helen Flanagan knowing the difference between high-end jewellery and not, but they got away with a mobile phone. Apparently, Helen left the house covering her face. There'll be an exclusive in one of the papers, I should imagine, within about two or three days. I should imagine, even as we're sitting here now, ladies and gentlemen, her agent is negotiating a deal for her to tell... 
whole story of how awful it is and how dreadful and, and how she's very lucky to be alive. And they only got away with a phone, dear, and a, and a few bits of jewellery. Let's not make too much of uh, too much of it. Anne Widdicombe, what does she talk about? Um, some, you sometimes look at Anne Widdicombe and you think, you know, she could have been so much better as an MP. Could have been so much better. But Liz Earl, she says, has five children, a multi-million pound cosmetic business and says women cannot have it all and that she feels she's failed if she knows her three-year-old is at home wondering where mummy is. How sensible, says Anne Widdicombe. Nobody can have it all and nobody needs to try. Because she's got no experience of children or anything like that, poor Anne. You sometimes wish, don't you, that poor old Anne had settled down with somebody. But you can only imagine he'd be really henpecked. You know, I couldn't imagine, actually, it was bad enough, poor old Louis Theroux. Can we go and have a look in the bedroom? No, you can't! In that funny little quavering falsetto voice of hers. And so, anywhere he wanted to go, he wanted to go and have a mooch round her bedroom. You know, which, if you allow somebody access to your life, because you're so egotistical that you want to, you know, and then they say, so, can we go in the bedroom? No, you can't. They went on a cruise as well, and her mother was there, and her mother was talking to Louis Theroux, and Anne Woodcombe came in, Mother, I've told you, don't talk to him! Right bossy little midget, isn't she? Honestly, terrible, terrible. Listen, I'll do the uh, the LBC Gadget giveaway in a moment for you. It's your last chance to get your hand on the Apple iPad Mini. Don't miss out. Today could be your day. LBC 97.3 Young Susan, Susan Bookbinder, will be here at uh, 6.30. Nick Ferrari and the team at 7 with breakfast on LBC 97.3, as it's announced that US officials are to begin talks with the Taliban over Afghanistan within days. Nick will want to know, will the talks be fruitful? And was the war in Afghanistan worth it? Plus reaction to an LBC exclusive on how much the BBC are paying its staff in compromise agreements. And is it time to split up our banks? Nick Ferrari and the team at seven this morning. Phil Hall is looking at the papers. I was going to get round poor old Helen Flanagan. I've got no idea. She seems to pop up all over the place. It's almost like it's a gift, isn't it, for the newspapers? Has something happened to Helen Flanagan? Yep, she's had her nose done. OK, we'll run that front page. What's happened now? She's had her mansion broken into. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what did they get away with? Oh, some jewellery and a phone, apparently. So, anyway, she's helping the police, so that'll be good news. Not that I think she knows anything. They broke in at midnight, and she's so dipsy. She probably just goes, uh, it was men. What do they look like? Well, men. I don't know. Men. Be about as far as it goes, probably. My favourite picture of the day appears in the Express. It's a couple. Mark and Olga Holtam have uh, have got a, a dog, a Doberman. And um, they said she's going to have six puppies. Nope. Thirteen. Thirteen. So that's nice. They, they just kept coming. Over six hours, they helped deliver ten on the floor of their kitchen in Suffolk. The 13 have now been named after storms in honour of their father, including Tempest and Blizzard. What they've done is they've got Wellington boots and put each doggy in a Wellington boot. Imagine trying to get 13 little Doberman puppies in Wellington boots and get them to stay there while you take a photograph of them. Because the one thing they're all trying to do is get out as quick as possible. A couple have fallen asleep, but it's the funniest picture ever. So uh, I like that. You've only got a little bit of time left to have a go this morning to get your hands on the Apple iPad Mini. It's computing on the go. It is the way forward. It's it's a beautiful tablet. It's beautiful. It's lovely. I can't praise it enough. It's lovely. And so that's why we're giving one away this morning. Because yesterday, Carm Marconi from Waltham Cross uh, got a fabulous laptop. And it could be your chance to get your hands today on the Apple iPad Mini. And all you have to do is know the answer to this question. Which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss? Which famous actor is married to Rachel Weiss? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and then send it to 84850. So it's gadget, 
then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning, which gives you around about five minutes. The text will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. It's nice, isn't it? Very nice indeed. There's a preoccupation with the Express of giving away camper vans for some reason. Perhaps they think their audience are a bit down market and will only go for camper vans. Uh, new research shows we are getting fatter. Yes, we're a lot fatter than we used to be, and they've done a, a feature today Looking back, I think, over a 100 years to try and find out why we're getting fatter. And I'll tell you why we're getting fatter. It's because nobody does any exercise. It's because we've all got televisions and mobile phones and radios and remote controls for the televisions. That saves you getting up. Before, you had to get up from the television, from, 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 from the couch and push the button on the television. Now you don't need to do that. You sit there and you go flick, flick. Flick, flick. Telephones do everything for you. Flick, flick. Make phone calls. Before, you had to physically get up and go to the telephone in the hall. It was exercise. You don't get any exercise nowadays. Nobody does anything. We didn't have fast food. Now you've got this proliferation of rough... uh, Sorry, of of naff, cheap overseas food products coming into the country. You're never too sure what it is you're eating. You buy a burger from one of these stalls. You don't know what what it's got in it. No idea. Hardly meat, I should imagine. So you go there, you buy the fast food stuff, you buy hot dogs. What's in those? Rubbish. Rubbish. Told you before, you buy sausages now in a supermarket, you've got to check what the meat content is. Don't assume they're 100% meat, because they aren't. 42% on one we found out on a Richmond sausage. 42%. Hardly worth bothering. What's the rest of it? What's the rest of it? You know, if I'm looking for a sausage, I want proper sausages with meat content. Uh, Ross, Ken, Matt and Crystal have just finished a night shift at Gatwick, which is always a good thing to do, I should imagine. Finishing the night shift, actually going home in the miserable-looking day we've got ahead of us. Especially if it's going to rain all over the place. Terrible. There's also the uh, man you'll see in all the papers today. It's the boss, an NHS boss, trying to, do, trying to get people to, uh, to do more exercise. His name is Phil Morley. He's chief executive of Hull and East Yorkshire Hospitals NHS Trust. He put a supermarket costume on to promote workout at work day. It's been posted on YouTube where employees have branded it painfully cringy. It was a bit sad, actually. A little bit sad. And he's, um, he's here £175,000 a year. £175,000 a year. Apparently, the video has been seen as crass and insensitive to the real needs on the front line. Mr Morley says, I felt it was a worthwhile project. I'm not totally convinced by that, ladies and gentlemen, not totally convinced. So here he is. You'll see the video. It's on all the uh, on all news programmes, and no doubt somebody will talk about it a little bit later on. Uh, Murray Walker has said, I'll beat cancer. He's 89. He's been uh, diagnosed with a form of lymphatic cancer, which we mentioned on the programme yesterday. Uh, his first job at the microbe was in 1949. I was led to... They did a thing, actually, where it turns out he didn't actually go to many of the race meetings. He actually ended up sitting there doing a commentary to a television, which I thought was quite clever. Three minutes left to get your entries in for the gadget competition for today. Hopefully it'll be your name. Hopefully it'll be your name. There's a cat lover here who's made a trip to China, an 11,000-mile round trip to save her pet from becoming somebody's dinner. Naomi Beaumont Swindlehurst. Ooh, Naomi Beaumont Swindlehurst. Naomi spent N... Oh, don't even bother, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she wanted to bring home Ukaduka, the moggy she fell in love with whilst living in Shanghai. So she went to China to work as a fabric development technologist, whatever that is, and uh, she and her daughter adopted the yellow and white female cat. 
and we we came back here. We wanted to bring Ukuduku with us. Quite clearly not all there in the brain department, is she? And uh, now it means that cats can come into the UK without quarantine, provided they have had vaccinations. But Naomi couldn't afford the £3,500 cost of hiring an approved pet carrier to transport her. Then she discovered that KLM, the Dutch airline, would fly her and the cat to Amsterdam for a grand. So she went all the way over there, and she says it was worth it. A pet is for life in China. They'll eat anything. It is true, they do have cat restaurants. They do eat cat over there. They do have them in the cages. We've seen it. It's quite normal. I personally wouldn't eat it because we... uh, because we see them as pets. They see them as a food source. More on the councillor who said he had a baby with an alien lover who has defied calls to quit. This is poor old Councillor Parks, who apparently has been praised by the mayor there. This is in Whitby Town Council. They're quite clearly all as mad as broomsticks, aren't they, up there? Poor souls. Uh, running out of time very quickly, very quickly, very quickly. Last couple of minutes to get your entries in for the gadget competition. Get your hands on the iPad Mini. It'll be your name I shall be reading out tomorrow. Uh, There are no little green men out there, I'm afraid, Steve. But if you look in Genesis 6, before and after Noah's flood, there were fallen angels which got kicked out of heaven along with Satan. They came down, people mistook them for gods or UFOs, and they took women as they chose and created high breeds. Lovely. It's far too complicated for me this time of the morning. I've got enough things to worry about without worrying about things from, uh, from long, long ago. Dreadful picture, front page of the mail today, is Princess Eugenie playfully, I'm afraid, uh, letting the side down badly and upstaging the Queen. Never a good move, as far as I'm concerned. And I thought the armed raiders were going to get me. The poor story of poor old Helen Flanagan, poor old Dipsy Helen, who told people she was home alone. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Free podcast for you up very shortly on the LBC website. Nick and the team at 7, next on LBC 97.3. The Morning News with Susan Bookbinder. LBC.